fuck you. We we gotta do an intro. I, I can't live without the intro. Hello, everybody. My name's Tyler. Welcome back to another episode of the Casual Master Quest. This is episode 54. We have quite a bit for you today. Now, don't you worry. People are gonna you know, be out there with E3 news just all over the place. The good news is we are also too. Uh, the bad news is uh, you are listening to the Casual Master Quest, so get ready for a fun time. Uh, that's not really bad news, is it, my fellow co-host, Nick? No, it's never bad news. Our hope is to try and showcase our stupidity sometimes, or at least our craziness. Uh, well, at least for me. That's that's usually what I find it comes across as. I think we did a very interesting job last year, but my mindset is I want to do a slideshow of E3, but with fireworks. Right. In a uh, inside a crowded room, so it's going to be a very dangerous performance. I honestly don't know where this is going to go. Nick, how was your week this week, man? It's been a while. I haven't got to talk to you, dude. My week's been okay. Um, a few things happened. I got a new mod. Uh, a uh, mod. Yeah, I got a new mod system for my vape. That's basically the thing that does all the thing and connects to the tank and makes the thing. You know what I mean? Does it provide a stealth system for smoke alarms? Um, yeah, I just hold it in until there's no nothing else comes out. That sounds actually more morbid than the intro <laughs> that I had the can, dude. Um, yeah, no, I just take like micro puffs and then I just hold it in and then barely anything comes out and it hasn't set up the alarms. Um, because I think what happened then was we were both just chugging along without caring too much. Um, oh, yeah. And now cool. my my system's cap just as capable as yours now. So I'd have to be very careful. You know, it's funny because I saw somebody during the days that I used to play uh, competitively the Pokemon trading card game. And uh, there was somebody in there who was, I think, like 18 or 19. Might be younger. I don't even know. And he was vaping inside the store. Now, obviously, if the store saw that, they would kick him out. So when he, whenever he looked and saw that the store associate was, you know, looking away, he would take a huge, huge rip and then just blow right into his backpack. So <laughs> I, I, I imagine you having like a vape towel or some kind of vape bag that could be like uh, just take the the vape hit and just uh, condensate in it. Yeah, no, I just I just hold it in. Um... But again, I'm taking like micro puffs. I'm not taking huge rips. But yeah, no, I got a new system. Um, so that was exciting. It was just from some leftover birthday money. And my um, this is my third mod. My first mod I got in 2016. Um, and that's just beat to shit. There's nothing wrong with it. But it wasn't putting out as much power as I'd like because my second mod was a two battery setup. And that was um, involved in the car crash that I was in a couple of years mm. ago. So, you know, it, it, it took it. You know, it took an L. Like, we, you know, press F in the chat kind of thing. Uh, so I had to go back to the single battery system. And then it's been faithful for the last few months, but it's not enough. I missed the power. And so now I picked this up. Uh, you missed the well. power of 100 puffs per hour. Yes, I, I totally respect that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's called the Poker 218, um, which is interesting because I've realized, like, a lot of these companies, they model uh, the... The, the model name and number that they give to each of their units, the number usually corresponds to the um, maximum wattage it can go. So you had the Segali 220, it could go up to 220. I've got the Poker 218, oh, so it really? could go up to 218. Yeah, so I always thought that was interesting. Just a fun fact for anybody who might not have known. Hmm. Um, I did not know. I'm kind of nervous now because I have the Vupu 2 uh, 
this this thing's weak. I I feel like uh, I need to step up my vape game now. The drag two is a solid mod. I don't know what you're talking about. I I agree. I'm just being uh. I was trying to be comedic with uh, the fact that uh, it's called Vupu 2, but it's not too Yeah, much. no, and I didn't give a fuck about you being comedic. So anyways, I got a new system. Um, my, <laughs> my roommate picked up a uh, uh, PS4 Pro. Um, he just, he just, I was on my way home from school yesterday. Um, he sends me a message um, just as I was about to leave campus. He's like, hey, you, you pick me up. No, he's like, could you pick me up? And I'm like uh sure he's like i need to i need to get home from the mall now mind you and you met him tyler like eugene likes to walk everywhere and he doesn't yeah. mind walking for 30 40 minutes to get to a place and so he's like could you pick me up from the mall uh and the mall's literally maybe a 15 20 minute walk for him um a three minute drive and i'm like uh yeah sure i mean it's on my way home i'll pick you up uh any, eugene's okay? not safe <laughs> it must be an emergency and i'm like if, it's, uh, it's, eugene's asking What's the code word, Eugene? Banana. <laughs> I'm like, is, is everything banana. okay? He's like, oh, yeah, just, you know, um, we finally deployed our product. and I've been super stressed and I needed more time and space. I just I just don't want to walk. I'm like, uh, all right, cool. Show up at the mall and he walks out of the mall with a PS4 Pro in his hands. And I'm like, oh, that's what you did. And, and then bought him home and uh, yeah, he set it up and I'm not going to touch it because technically that's his. I'm not going to touch it until he's had his fun with it. Um, you know, I might set up a profile. I might download some games, but he's going on vacation in less than a month now. And he's going to be gone for a month and a half. So I'm going to have my way with that dirty X PS4. <laughs> dirty X PS4. Uh <laughs> Well, don't forget, you can make purchases without actually downloading anything. Just make sure they yeah. have an account on it. And that way, you know, when the time comes, you can mess with it. Also, I hope you and Eugene will strongly consider playing Crash Team Racing with me on that. Uh, otherwise, we'd be stuck playing it on the Switch, which isn't a bad thing. It's not necessarily a bad thing because playing on the Switch, I feel like, would provide a fun, portable opportunity. But I don't see myself playing it in handheld mode. I feel like that that's the kind of thing I'm going to sit in front of the t uh, TV and trash talk the living shit out of you right like yeah ctr i believe could bring out the the cfds in me if you will like if i hit you with a rolling bomb and i pass by you yeah i'm gonna call you the fucking scrub you are i'm sorry oh also, no that's fair because finally we'll find a game that you can actually compete against me with yeah and we can also find a game that you have a chance with me in uh yep. what is the character of choice uh that you play as when you play ctr back in the day uh do i I never played CTR with friends, so I, I couldn't even tell you. It's been a while. I don't even remember what character you used to play, but I know that I finished out everything. Um, I might have been at maybe 60-70% completion. So until I pick it up again, I wouldn't be able to tell you. I think I enjoyed playing as a polar bear. Coco's oh. bear. Coco's bear. Okay, fair enough. I was uh, a tiny tiger main. Okay. Uh, like, now, if I were to play nowadays, I feel like I'd probably just go for something well-rounded, like Crash Bandicoot. Uh, but uh yeah back in the day i loved the idea i think i had like an eight-year-old powder fantasy of being a large right. buff tiger man and uh he provided the speed and i was good enough to know how the power slide around the corners that i didn't really need to worry about directional controls so it kind of gave me an edge right but, and, anyways um, uh yeah fuck i forgot what i was gonna say um no i was gonna say yeah when the game came out i was i was four thank you you do too um but i was four when the game came out so i probably fuck didn't you. know I probably didn't know too much about um, uh, stats or or anything. I was just playing the game, so I feel like I might have played Crash the whole time. 
just because I was playing solo and I was just playing against the computer. Um, but I will say that as far as I remember, I had I, that was a lot of fun and I'm glad it's coming back. But we'll be able to talk more about that soon because the game comes out next week. Um, yeah. And Eugene ordered the uh, special special edition that comes with stickers and a bunch of things. He pre-ordered it before he bought the PS4. He pre-ordered the <laughs> PS4 version before he bought the PS4. So I'm like, was that right, an please. omen at that point, like a telltale sign that he was obviously going to be getting a system soon? I mean, we've been talking about it for the last two years. We just haven't because I haven't um, felt the need or the um, necessity to to go halvesies on a system. Um, mm. Eugene was still studying, and his his studies were a lot more vigorous than mine, at least in terms of a schedule. Uh, it was a lot more intensive. Um, and so now he's been working for a few months. He got a job. He, he they just launched a big product, so he has the the financial freedom for it. He said, "Fuck it," and also yeah. he's gonna grind the fuck out of it because he knows his parents won't let him bring it home and play it. Oh, that that, yeah. that sucks. So he's I think he's aiming to hundred percent it before uh, the second of July when the game launches on the twenty first of June. Honestly, I got really nervous taking my Switch overseas. I had to enter the mindset of uh, it was no longer my child. If it fell out of the nest and died, it died. Right. And as soon as I came back home and I pulled it out and everything was fine, it's like, oh my God, my baby. Oh my gosh, I was so worried about you. But I had to like abandon it in a mentality in order to take it overseas. It kind of freaked me the fuck out because I was like, I was either going to be like not giving a fuck about it. And if it breaks, it breaks. Or I was going to just worry about it all the fucking time right. anytime it left the house. But it survived. Out. So, you know, yeah. say it. so, hey, you know, welcome back to the family, son. Uh, right. How is uh, everything going on with you in school? Uh, don't take two writing courses in the same semester. Mind you, Fair this is the point. last semester I'll be taking two writing courses, so I'm just going to power through it. Uh, the one role-playing game that we, uh, that we have, and I've talked about this with the French Revolution, things have been getting interesting um i've uh, we've been i can't go into details just by the off chance despite me not mentioning it to anybody that somebody from my class comes and listens to this episode so i can't talk i'm not going to give any details until our last session which is on tuesday um but i've been forming alliances i've been blackmailing people I've oh been, no and i'm i'm the i'm on the committee of finance <laughs> and I have to do what I have to do to get France up and running back to financial like because the previous mi like minister of finance was lying to the king about how much money we had and there was like a surplus but he was telling the king that we were in deficit that we were in debt and so the king was like fuck I need to figure this shit out and then we don't know what was happening with the money in in France in the 1700s the the right to collect tax was was for purchase so you as a nobleman could go to the right person to buy the right to collect tax and then you can go out and collect tax just based off that right and you didn't have to report to anybody and so nobody knows how much of that money because it was all passing through a private individual hands was actually pocketed by those individuals or was actually going to the right places and so a lot of the money was also a lot of the tax was also on 95 percent of the population which was part of the the lowest uh it was a system called the three estates you had the first estates that was the clergy uh, members or so really all the priests and the church second estate was the nobility and the third estate was everybody else the uneducated the uh, the farmers the people just you know the people of france and so the they were houses. yeah and the third estate was taking 
all the financial burden because the first and second estate found loopholes and ways to not pay their taxes. And they just, some of them, they just straight up said no. And the king couldn't punish them or do anything because then they'd, that would undermine his authority and then they'd push for more power over him. Mm. So it, it, it was a little fucked up. It's, uh, thank God we're not even out of that yet in certain countries, but you know, whatever. Um, I'm actually still hung over the whole prime minister situation because you're saying that he was lying that they were in debt even though they had a surplus. You would think it was the opposite. Instead of, he was technically being greedy, but he was like, no, we need more money for the country. I must lie to the king. Kind of shit. It's like, you'd think it was the opposite. Like, uh, right now, like, uh, the, you know, the leader of finance to uh, Mr. President over here would be like, yeah, no, we're actually making money this year. We weren't on, you know, 30 <laughs> trillion debt. So it's yeah. just uh, bizarre to me. Yeah, especially around that time, too. Uh, the biggest hit was France helping out America with the uh, with with their independence. Because um, this is when France sent over troops and um, uh, helped out the Americans against the British. Um, so that was a financial hit as well for the French. And my job, my character is my character's job is to figure out, come up with a financial plan that would help France in the long term. Um, mm -hmm. And because we're starting at specific dates, we can look at things that happened after that date historically as reference, but those didn't have not happened or may not necessarily happen. Uh, so we can only look at things that happened prior to that date. Because this is not reenacting, this is reacting, as the class is called, or at least this model is called, um, yeah. right? Um, so my solution was looking at the Louisiana Purchase, but the Louisiana Purchase happened much after this fact, uh, after the game oh, started, damn. and the Louisiana Purchase was also carried out by Napoleon, and Napoleon is not even a character in our game, um, because the lands that the French owned was lost uh, for I think ten years. Uh, that they, it was out of their possession for about 10 years and it came back into France's possession because of Na uh, Napoleon and then he hmm. sold it to the Americans. Um, if anything, I'm just glad because like this has helped me learn a little bit about uh, like basically I've taken a history course at the start of this uh, session of this game yeah. because we had to like brush out like they needed us to know like the map and the important characters and all the politics and all the dynamics. So it was uh, it was fairly interesting. It was a little heavy on the reading. Um, and then the next game that we're going to go into that's starting in about two weeks um, deals with the laborers, the suffragists, and the bohemians. So this is set in like New York, I believe, in like the 50s or the 60s, uh, where you have the beatniks, you have the women's suffragist movement, and you have the laborers. That's a party that I'm not super familiar with. So once we get doing the reading, um, it'll be interesting. Hmm, interesting. Nick, uh, you've been getting your history by learning how to you know, work in this role play. I, too, have been role playing, my good sir. Oh, have you? Yes, sir. Yes, oh, yeah. Sir. What have What have you been doing, Tyler? So I'm gonna uh, preface this by saying I never once ever considered or wanted to be in this position in real life, but uh, due to my uh, playing in Grand Theft Auto, the roleplay server, uh, a mixture of chance and uh, divine will has pushed me towards uh, training to be a police officer on the server. Nice. And uh, the reason why this is in the in real life segment is because, uh, as it turns out, in real life, uh, shout out to all the police officers out there that, uh, you know, listen, uh, you guys got it fucking rough, especially in the initial training stage, because 
this is i would say probably a good watered down version of what you guys have to deal with you know deal with in real life i'm doing all sorts of shit trying to learn how to become a uh deputy for the sheriff's office in a game in a video game Nick. yeah um yeah no as far as i know from everything that i've seen with no pixel um they 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 take it seriously with with the, yeah it's with by the, the book after the training and stuff like yeah with the legal roles they take it they take it seriously they they have like the correct calls the correct protocols for how to deal with situations obviously you're not going through um the the physical training or putting yourself in in harm's way but right, that doesn't right. take, take anything away from um the effort that these role players put into their roles to make it seem as um realistic or believable as possible right otherwise i'd be in trouble and i'm also pretty sure that the character and the server I'm playing, uh, Deputy Donut, would also be in trouble. Uh, I feel like uh, he would have to uh, give up them donuts, maybe go for bagels or something. <laughs> but yeah, I've had to learn uh, the radio codes. And uh, most servers, including this one, Havoc RP, we, uh, I believe the codes for it are based off of the California State Police. So uh, you know, I'm, I, I've seen it. Some people do different state codes. I believe this one is California's. I could be mistaken on that. So I'm learning, you know, how to, you know, call out a, uh, hey, I'm at a traffic stop, you know, uh, at this location. Uh, here's the make and model of the vehicle. Can I have a 10, 27, 28, and 29 on it? Which is like a, uh, give me a, a license plate read, a ID uh, connected to that, and uh, see if they have a warrant for it. Right. And then uh, just random stuff like that. Uh, 1038 i believe it's called a traffic stop on this server and it's just it's weird like i am now driving my truck and i'll get behind a car that looks kind of weird or it just sticks out like i'll notice it I was like huh that's an interesting car and in my head it's like what would happen and you know in the server if this car was speeding and it's like you know i would get behind it and before i actually pulled it over you know i started talking out loud to myself alone in this truck saying uh, one cadet, one to the dispatch. <laughs> I was like, go ahead. I am. Uh, I got a 1030 gate over here on this road. I don't know what the road is. Uh, fuck if I know Boulevard. <laughs> uh, with a uh, you know, a, a red Chevy Cruze uh, license plate, so and so, such and forth, and all that shit. And it's just so weird. And I'm also looking up legal laws that they have to list because people, you know, who role play as cops are, you know, 14 year olds. They have no fucking idea what Terry versus Ohio is. They might not even know what the Miranda rights are, and you know, from Miranda versus uh, Arizona, right? And so, sh shit like that. It's like they just want to pull out the gun immediately on somebody and say, you know, do what I say. The guy's like, I only did a, you know, I did five over the speed limit. Why are you pulling a gun on me? You know, yeah, they, ju they just want to. They just want to emulate real life. <laughs> welcome to detroit i'm not saying anybody from detroit that's a police officer would do that uh shit so it's interesting seeing like hey you can't just you know go lethal on somebody because they you know flipped you off and started running away there's certain steps on how you handle situations on top of that there's also uh server wise they prioritize uh role playing as a solution over uh you know just shooting somebody right so i mean unless your character uh is you know a bank robber that won't you know shoot first ask questions later first off why are you role-playing because that's that's not even role-playing that's power gaming at that point all you want to do is win and make money and try to you know shoot people off and so i'm curious to see if any situation gets tense like that because you must first value your life 
and then uh if both lives need to be valued you know try to talk it out i'm curious on how my character doug hunter would handle it because uh right now i uh he is you know an ex-bounty hunter who uh essentially got outlawed so he gave up bounty hunting and he's been fishing and diving for gold essentially and he, he's been watching the cops and he, he's trying to become a sheriff right now but uh, at the same time, I'm talking with a lawyer who uh, was previously the lieutenant of the sheriff's office. So uh, second in command, big name. Right. And uh, he's the one that got me the good word in, essentially. Uh, meanwhile, my character doesn't know that this lawyer who was previously the lieutenant of the sheriff's office is also one of the leaders of the uh, the gang, the main gang of the city. <laughs> and so I'm just being like, out of character and in character i'm being bred essentially to become a dirty cop without realizing it uh problem is though i switched from dog the bounty hunter persona to just being this dumbass southern hick uh which i'm not saying dog the bounty hunter is a dumbass southern hick because i'm pretty sure he's not even from the south anyways to till a solid snake persona so i'm talking like fucking david hayner right now or at least i'm trying to and it's not working but i just sound like yeah I'm talking like this sometimes, and now I got this weird voice. I'm 28, but I smoke like I'm 40. And it's just shit like that. <laughs> and the police officers are like, okay, sure, shit, whatever. You do, man. You real play. You're trying a little hard, but okay. I'm just going to use my normal voice. Anyways, uh, got a training session coming out right after this. It could take nice. anywhere from two to six hours. That's what they're warning me. That's a, that's a, that's a very good. <laughs> <laughs> it's a legitimate training session. I'm going to be doing a ride along. I'm going to, you know, learn the pit maneuver. Got to learn how to role play, how to do uh, official call signs. There's going to be a call sign test and all that stuff. And if everything goes well, I will go from a cadet tonight to a probationary deputy. Nice. And then after that, once I, you know, do enough ride alongs and prove that I'm capable on my own, I will then uh, become a deputy. And I think after that, that's when I get to role play a little bit. Anyways, I know we're kind of like uh, turning into uh, video games. Uh, let me turn away from it for a second by talking about another video game that's real life related. Nick, do you see on the camera over to the right of me? I was wondering, there was something new. Yeah, I there's something added to the wall. Uh, for those who are watching the video, I'm sorry. Uh, actually, no, you're the one who gets to enjoy this. For those who are listening to the audio, I have a cape hanging on my wall right now. And ladies and gentlemen, that's a goddamn max skill cape. That is indeed a goddamn max skill cape. So I got that. It was supposed to come in the mail. I required his signature. The guy showed up and he didn't knock because I said no knocking until 3 p.m. on my door. So I had to go to the post office on the way to work to get this package. And so I couldn't wear it because I was heading to work. But as soon as I got out of the work, I was riding with the uh, the oldest uh, driver there. You know, he's the, the grandfather type figure. So, you know, he's like, he's always interested in what you're doing, but he, even if he doesn't know what the hell you're doing. And uh, so he sees me come out to my car and I whip this cape around me and I start twirling like a character from Frozen. And he's like, are you wearing a cape? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. And he's like, okay, like, why? Is it Halloween? You know, yeah, yeah, I'm telling him, it's like, I got a 99 at every scale on a video game that I've been working on since I was eight. And he's like, oh, well, good job. And, you know, he just kept it simple. Like, you know, made me feel, you know, like I worked hard for this. Anybody could pay, you know, $80, $90 for this fucking cape. I earned it. I worked for it. 
Yeah, you put all that time and effort both in USA and in Canada to ensure that you could you could get that <laughs> max skill cape. Oh shit, I forgot about that. I'm so sorry that I spent a good portion of my time playing RuneScape in oh, Canada. No, dude, it was your vacation too. It's all good. I know, but that was, that was still awful of me. Jeez. Uh, but I am retired from RuneScape for now. For now. For now. Uh, I, I'm gonna say I'm, I'm sure the sirens will call for me sooner or later. And uh, that's pretty much been my week, dude. Uh, what have you been playing, dude? Destiny 2. What? That's it. Yeah. Oh, shit. No, are we back into this again? Where we, yep. You know, okay. All right. Here, let okay. Me, uh, listen. That was okay, near. Listen. Let me, I'm, let me. You know, that was actually a sniper rifle in D1. What? A thousand yard stare. It was a sniper rifle in D1. It was one of the best ones. <laughs> I had somebody come up to me and say that uh, Destiny 1 was a terrible game. And he said he couldn't get into Destiny 2. And it kind of made me sad. It's one of my coworkers. I won't name. Oh, him. okay, cool. Yeah, okay. Um, Sorry, it's no one you know, but I don't want to, you know, you know, put him on no, blast. Fair. fair. Um, yeah, no, I. Uh, the new season started last week, along with new, you know, new content, uh, new raid drop. Um, each season's about three months or so. So when the last season, uh, the season before this, I believe this is season seven. So season six, I played maybe like the first week um, and then I didn't touch it at all. Um, I maybe came back like two or three days, like one day we did for my birthday um, where I played with a bunch of friends and we just went into private matches and it was just a good time. But I didn't touch Destiny at all. So it was like a nice, you know, like a nice break. Nice refresh to it. Yeah. yeah. And so now I'm, now I'm coming back to it. We've got... All these changes that we talked about last week coming in September, I have a lot of things to collect because I am also a collector and I have been with Destiny. Um, so I've got all these different exotics to collect, all these different things to do. There's the new uh, PVE mode that they added is actually one of the best things that they've done ever. It's called the Menagerie um, and it is a six player match made activity, which is the first of its kind outside of PVP. And oh, you go man. through... What? I mean, I get the fight with you and fight monsters and stuff together and like the... Well, I mean, I guess technically we could do that on almost everything, but... Yeah, so the, the Menagerie is a um, assortment. You go through each little phase of fighting different... Uh, uh, each encounter is a raid encounter. It's a raid mechanic, not just from uh, the D2 raids, but also from the D1 raids. And they've been simplified to an extent where you kind of understand what you have to do. And so it's just really fun because it's all of these things that's coming from old games. A lot of these things come from new games and they kind of just blend this really nice, fun activity with yeah. a way for you to guarantee what kind of drops you get at the end. Because they added this, uh, they added this uh, item that you put in different runes. Uh, of different colors and of different types and if you put in the right combination you'll get a guaranteed reward of like nice. a specific weapon and so it's 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 made it worthwhile to actually do that over and over again because a, a run uh, especially with like people who are kind of new to it and maybe under leveled will take anywhere from 25 to 30 minutes that sounds like something i'd want to do nick you should invite me sometime that isn't 10 p.m. on a weekday. Come on, man. That's only the only time I ever play, but we'll figure it out. But no, I've been playing Destiny 2. I've been I've been okay. having fun with some friends. I've been, you know, you know, grinding some things out. So it's been it's been good. And that's really all I want to do right now. Um, but you know, I've got 
that's and that's all I'm going to talk. That's the only game I played this week. But I've got Crash Bandicoot, uh, the Insane Trilogy that I still haven't touched. We've got CTR coming up. Oh yeah. Um, we've got Pokemon Sword and Shield coming out in November. Um, there's um Destiny 2 Shadow Keep coming out in September. Um, uh, I'm still like figuring out the right set of mods for Skyrim. Um. Well, I'm out of suggestions for that, so I really can't help you anymore at this point. Yeah, you only had the one suggestion that I immediately vetoed, so let's not even talk about that again. Um, and I don't know, I'm just looking at some other games for the Switch, and I'm trying to, like, maybe push myself into some single-player games. once I'm Because I should be done with, like, the, the grind for stuff in a few months. Uh, not in a few months, in a few weeks. And so then I'll have a little bit of time to, like, get all my other kind of gaming in. Uh, you know, God of War for the PS4 whenever Eugene's on vacation. I yeah, really want to get my hands on that. Um, uh-huh. uh, maybe I'll pick up Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh-huh, yeah. Um, yeah. I really want to play Last of Us. Um, a good game. Definitely a good game. And, you know, being a uh, third-person shooter, I think that would be up your alley. So I totally understand that one. And, and I know Last of Us is more about the story than the actual gameplay. At least that's what I understood from my friends' reactions. Who just the, loved uh, the game the was found in the uh the story for sure but the gameplay was not you know it was still above average right right um so yeah that's that's kind of like my rundown for the summer because and we're also going to go into this uh my take on e3 this year was that it was an e3 for the future uh yes because uh a lot of the there was some announcements uh specifically by uh microsoft and nintendo which we'll obviously talk about uh, where it was, it felt like uh, they focused on 2019, but almost every other company and announcement was 2020. Right. Which, you know, that's the way it is. Uh, Nick, if you're looking for you know a couple of single player games for the Switch and PlayStation, I obviously gave you with this huge overbearing list of games I would recommend. Uh, it's funny because I was gonna recommend Uncharted for the same reason, but that would make fucking sense because Uncharted and The Last of Us are both by Naughty Dog. So it's like, how, how can I say you know, one's better than the other at this point? No, and I love Naughty Dog. They fucking did Jack and Daxter. Hell um, yeah, dude. Naughty Dog's Naughty- been doing fucking work over the years. Like, they are a staple of our childhood. They are very much so. And I was also thinking about Uncharted because I really like the Tomb Raider series. And I know Uncharted is, it plays similarly. I'm not going to say they're the same or one's better or worse, but they play similarly. I will say it if you'd like. Um, well, definitely for the third one, but the first of the the new series was fantastic. Very true. If there's one thing I want to say, obviously, uh, Tomb Raider came out much later. I think like 2012 versus Uncharted, which came out yeah. during PlayStation 3 era, which is you know 2006 2007. Tomb Raider, the first one, obviously had a huge edge, but as Uncharted caught up, I would say by the third one, if not the fourth one. I would say the third one it came up in such a nice quality of uh having a hell of a good story as well as having good uh shooting sequences as well as traveling in uh, action-packed moments and then uh i say without a doubt that the uh the last one lost legacy which is a excuse me a bit of a side story uh between two side characters uh it's probably my favorite one even if it was more open world yeah the first uncharted came out in 2007 um and i and i can't believe i forgot this too but naughty dog was responsible for the first few uh crash bandicoot games yeah um i, 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 I would assume though yeah no uh like i 
didn't make that connection because I remember playing, at least when I was older, I remember playing Jack 2 and Jack 3 over and over again. In the opening credits, you'd see Naughty Dog, which is why it was still, it was more prevalent for me than with Crash Bandicoot. But, you know, that's awesome. Like, yeah, Naughty Dog. Yeah, uh, like CTR, the first thing I think of is, uh, I don't remember the exact words, but it's like, welcome to way Naughty Dog creation. Something like that. That, that sounds familiar. Did they do it, Crash Bash? Uh, Crash Bash, like, uh, after a while, they started letting, like, Nintendo and Crash Bandicoot got in a weird thing at a certain point. I don't think they did, but I no, could be. No, it was not. So Crash Bash came after CTR, and Naughty Dog only did Crash 1, 2, 3, CTR, and that was it. And my apologies, that, uh, that was still technically a Sony game at the time. Uh, Crash Bash, uh, specifically, but, uh, Eventually, Crash Bandicoot just kind of went wild, and Nintendo like uh, kind of swooped in on it, took it in for uh, uh, Game Boy Advance games, uh, D- uh, GameCube, I believe. I'm not sure about a DS, but uh, Crash Bandicoot kind of went way off the course after a while, trying to yep. just find a place in the world. Which you know, it was kind of sad because, much like Spyro, after it uh, left the PlayStation One and it started going to like Year of the Dragon for the not Year of the Dragon, that's the third one uh like after it went to the gamecube and whatnot and then i think the playstation 2 it just kind of felt like uh it fell off like uh, i i couldn't find uh, the same joy like i used to and it you know felt sad so i'm hoping you know crash bandicoot coming back home much like spyro this will be a good chance for people to appreciate it because right. we got the remastered versions which is the ones that we loved as a kid but who knows we'll see what have you been I'm- playing tyler yeah, I'm going to say, uh, anyways, I've been playing Horizon Zero Dawn on my new PlayStation 4 Pro, so I too can appreciate the uh, the power of 4K. It looks fucking so good. It looks so fucking good, dude. I, like, I originally thought, it's like, wait, maybe there's no difference, because I can't see the difference. But then when it went into a conversation and I saw a character's face come into view and all that stuff, I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah, this is fucking it, man. This is 4K. (laughs) This is fucking it. And uh, I I really jumped into it. I'm just looking around, looking at shit. I'm like, wow. Is your TV a 4K TV? Yes. Okay. So, you know, it was legitimately, uh, you know, crisp. Right. Now, I could have done uh, the uh, make it 60 uh, FPS route as well, which would have made it look a lot smoother. Uh, unfortunately, if I did that, then I would debunk your whole theory about not being able you know, to play Destiny 2 in, in 60 FPS on PlayStation 4. Well, no, well you can't because it's... Um, it's uh, Native? You can't. It's, yeah, it's not... It's like it's developer... Like It's just the game's locked to 30 FPS on consoles. It's nothing oh. to do with the hardware. Yeah. You don't think uh, they let you raise it up to 60 with the PlayStation 4 Pro? It hasn't. With Nobody's had it happen with the PS4 Pro or the well, Xbox One X. That was the whole point of it. Uh, Sony demanded all the developers to create a PlayStation 4 uh, update to all their uh, games. Not only like half of them did it, but you, you don't think Bungie was one of them? No, I know they weren't one of them. Okay, fair. I'm sorry. Jeez. Yeah, no, no. Th- like it, that, That's one of the biggest issues with destiny in my opinion even with all the hardware become your titties son no okay fine L- let them vibrate with anxious energy uh beyond that i've been playing grand theft auto uh roleplay 
with the fact that I'm potentially becoming a officer uh, in game, I realized that uh, most of the money that I'll be making is from the paycheck of the job, which is substantial, but not quite the amount I was making by diving and all that. So I am like panic rushing, and this is kind of you know, breaking role play at this point. But you know, I'm I am trying to make as much money as I can to uh, soup up my Buffalo S, which uh, right. translates to a uh, a Dodge Charger, and uh, I'm I'm trying to get a, a a Royal Blue Dodge Charger to make it look like a uh, a Michigan State Police uh, officer's car. And uh, some reason I really love Dodge Chargers. I just had a fancy for them. It stinks because after my, I met my friend Nick, you know, he kind of got me into the idea that a Mustang would be the ride, but a Dodge Charger, it just, it just looks so fucking cool. And I got that. I got that. Everything going on. I uh, need 460000 to finish all the upgrades, and I'm currently at like 280000 I think, at this point with a little uh, updating. And so I'm getting close, but I'm not quite there. Right. Most importantly, though, I picked up a new game that came out this week, uh, a game that I don't even know if we... I didn't think we said came out last week. It's kind of heartbreaking because we talked about one exclusive game that came out. And, and it wasn't on any list that I found. That's it's so fucking upsetting because I just out of the blue, you know, uh, people were jo joking about it on Facebook. Uh, the game we're talking about is Cadence of Hyrule, which was a indie developed game that uh, they originally and they wanted to do uh, some DLC for Zelda on their original game. It's kind of like hey uh you want to go for some ice cream and nintendo's like you want to fuck and he is like <laughs> like in in the the interview uh that this guy put out he's like things went a lot faster than i ever expected with nintendo and before i knew it i was making a full game like that the whole analogy is actually pretty fair uh and so before you know it they you know, at the end of this trailer it's like coming out spring 2020 and all these smug motherfuckers are like, huh, they must, oh, sorry, uh, it said spring 2019. And so people are like, huh, they must have got it wrong because it's almost the end of spring. There's no way it'll coming out on the 13th of June. And people are like, oh, fuck. Okay. Yeah. This is a spring, you know, 2019 game. Holy fucking shit. And so Cadence of Hyrule came out and uh, I've, I've never heard of the, uh, I think it's called Night of the Neck, sorry, Necro Dancer. Of the Necrodancer. Script of the Necrodancer and, made by Brace Yourself Games, a Vancouver-based game studio. Yes, so, uh, you know, local support and all that stuff. Woo! Uh, Night and Crypt of the uh, Necrodancer is uh, supposed to be a roguelike rhythm uh, battle game, essentially. And I never got a chance to play the original one, mostly because I never really got it put in front of me, and no one really expressed interest. But, of course, I smell Zelda games from a mile away, even if it's just themed Zelda-like. Right. Uh, shout out to the crossbow training game for the Wii that nobody cared about, but I still have. Uh, and so I played this with mild expectations because A, it's from a company that I never really heard about, Brace Yourself Games, and B, no one's talking about this. You know, this is E3. This has, you know, Zelda in the title, you know, or Hyrule. No one's fucking talking about this game. Surely this game must be shit. You know, no one cares about it. And then I picked it up and then I played it. <laughs> And I'm like, everybody should be talking about this fucking game because I'd like to say it's pretty balls. Now, unfortunately, uh, because I am like one of those super rabid fans for the Zelda series or anything just Zelda related, everything I got to say, you know, comes with a grain of salt. Uh, realistically, 
the uh the b- dance battle system if you want to call it that it's really weird nick it's it's it threw me off when i first played it like for the first hour i'm like what the fuck is going on um yeah i was watching some crypt of the necrodancer gameplay and it just seemed unusual like it was just a different kind of game and so when i saw the trailers and stuff for cadence of hyrule i was thinking of picking it up and i might pick it up at a later date and i'll probably be a little bit more of a of a unbiased <laughs> a review for the game unlike uh tyler here because you know and in the first hour I, of i don't have link tattooed on my body so true and i was actually talking with my wife about getting another uh tattoo I really like the idea of getting like a a good splash art of uh, the Breath of the Wild sequel with uh, Link and Zelda, like heads facing away from each other kind of thing. Anyways, uh, so Cadence of Hyrule. Uh, Yeah, the first hour when I saw the beat system on the ground and I saw enemies just walking around in beat doing their own battle mechanics. And I had to strategically run up to them certain ways instead of just going up and chopping them with the sword. It was weird. Uh, more importantly, I had to make sure I was going in beat, you know, tapping each time I moved around when I'm, you know, going around with this nice, sweet ass techno song of a Zelda game. Uh, just, you know, just going at it. And, you know, I couldn't get into it or- originally because uh, the, the beat system really threw me off. Uh, if you goofed up, you essentially got yourself stunned for either half a second or a second and it just left you open for attack. And with only like three or so hearts. If you die, you start the whole area over. It's, right. it's not, like, you know, arcade mode where you can make progress little by little. But if you pick up coins, if you get up a, you know, a little power up or a cool tool, you'll lose it when you die. And so it was a little frustrating at first, but I respected it because if you got into it and you just really mastered it, it would be an excellent thing. However, the developers realized that, and you know, some people just don't want to deal with that shit, but they really want to enjoy the play of the game. So they introduced something called fixed beat mode, where instead of having a uh, a beat thing happening at the bottom where everybody moves to it and trying to get around, uh, it goes where anytime you move, it's counting as a beat. So if you move, you know, super fast, everybody's going to move super fast. And so it turns from a, a active time battle to where everybody's dancing to a turn-based system. It almost turns into a chess game at that point instead of a dance thing, which I like a whole lot more. Like when I see... Uh, an enemy, you know, I'm standing in front of him. He's got his axe raised in the air, and I see the place I'm standing on, the place behind me, uh, getting ready to blow up. I know I got to dodge out of the way. Right. Whereas if I were playing this normally, he would have, you know, swung up and hit down within the course of a second and killed me. So this is essentially like take your time, know how you play the strategy and all that. And I've been loving it a lot more like that because I get a kick. Uh, I did say in the Discord there was only one time where this kind of backfired because uh, you can move faster than some of these enemies. Uh, like they might take two beats to move one square, but you will always take one unless you're in deep water or something like that. I accidentally went across ice because I went into uh, one of the dungeons, a uh, ice dungeon. And because I slid across like I'd say about 10 blocks of ice that count as 10 rounds. And doing this in front of a room full of enemies who all saw me because they usually do their own neutral thing, just, you know, dancing around until they see you. And then they kind of get into a more aggressive stance. Right. Like 10 rounds in the course of like two seconds, just seeing these guys (laughs) lose their fucking minds and just like it turned into a and they all just started chasing after me just willy nilly. 
And then when everything was settled, I finally stopped. And all of a sudden, I'm surrounded by a bunch of, like, vicious-looking enemies that just chased after me like rabid, you know, rabid raccoons just after a nice piece of meat. Also, the fact that I'm able to play as either Zelda or Link, the, the fact that I got to play as Zelda, I've been having a good time with it. I am currently in the first dungeon, which uh, after talking with Brandon about it, apparently the overworld map and the dungeon maps are completely randomly generated. Oh, yeah, I, I was reading that it was a procedurally generated game, yeah. Okay, I shouldn't say completely randomly because that means uh, you could be, you know, just be a single room with a chest in it. But uh, yeah, I, I'm walking into this room and it's different. Oh, so, so it's a roguelike then. So each run is different. Yes. Oh, like, okay. But you will play and what I will play unless we put the same seed code in will be a different experience essentially. So okay. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's been pretty wild. But uh, that's been the games I've been playing this week. Uh, honestly, I shouldn't have gone on such a rant because we got quite a bit in front of us. Well, how, how do we how do we want to tackle this? Because there's not everything on this list has some merit. I um, say we should say something like just name it off. And if it's of no interest to us, we just grunt because kudos to Microsoft. Microsoft had a lot of games come out, some of them which are important to some people, but have no connection to us whatsoever. All right. Um. Okay. I mean, we'd have to try, and this is going to be hard for both of us, I think, to not go off on extreme tangents if we're going to go through every single one of this list. Oh, you bet your ass we're going on extreme tangents. <laughs> um, just really quickly, from uh, from all of the E3 conferences you've watched, what's, like, who's, without, like, going into specifics yet, just, like, based on the developer conferences, who's who's been your thing uh, this year? Who wins it? Who's lost it? I mean, Nick, let's, let's be real. I, I am biased. And unfortunately, it seems like everybody's biased because everybody's been saying one company, one E3 2019, which is still stupid shit, but even people like me still say it. So, you know, if it means it, it means it. Nintendo swept it away completely because then not only did they announce stuff that are coming out this year, which is, you know, what people want. They want to hear cool stuff and, it, and it's coming out soon. They started, you know, hyping up people for stuff that is uh, coming up in the next year. And then they started dropping those big heavy bombs that no other company really quite got to do with, uh, you know, new games coming out in 2020 and 21. Uh, the closest thing I could possibly think of is uh, Square Enix finally being held in a corner and they finally announce a release date for Final Fantasy VII Remake. Uh, thank you, Nick, in the chat for who wants to defend the honor of the company that, you know, he was uh, having a fight with. I'm going to go on tangent. Shit. No, I'm backing up. Backing up. Beep, reverse. Beep, beep, beep. Okay, Nick. Yeah, game uh, companies that I think shit the bed probably Bethesda. If, uh, if we're gonna be real, no offense to Bethesda. Okay, that's um, that's where we both agree. And uh, EA a little bit, but it's kind of expected. But we'll, EA we'll see. wasn't EA wasn't at E3, so I don't even consider them on this list. I mean, Nintendo wasn't at E3 either. They just had their yeah. Own no, but this is this is Nintendo's thing, and they had a conference. EA did not have a conference. They weren't there at E3. Okay, fine. Fair, whatever, dude. Okay. Also, fuck so, EA. <laughs> damn. Still uh, showing the hate. I thought we were both on board with uh, talking about. I still remember one year ago, Nick, we were talking shit about Bethesda shit in the bed. That that exact phrase. I'm glad that we got to use it this year. The nostalgia. Um, for me, I think Microsoft and Nintendo were strong contenders this year. Um, I think Microsoft might have taken it away, but only because. Microsoft really only has the one big time to showcase shit, and Nintendo does pretty regularly, but they came with 
stronger announcements this year than they did last year. I think last year's E3 compared to this year's E3 for Nintendo was subpar, and this year they knocked it out of the park, especially finally con uh, concerning the release of certain titles. Um, Bethesda was garbage. Um, nobody needed a fucking BR for a game that's apparently still alive. But uh, are you getting ready to talk shit about Wolfenstein? Because that was a pretty well regarded game series. Yeah, that's the only out of. Tyler, out of everything that they spoke about, it was Doom and Wolfenstein that was probably the only things people gave a shit about. That, I mean, I can't argue with that. Like from uh, from, from Bethesda, I was watching. The, this is the actually the only performance I watched like super live, and I was talking with you about it. Well, oh yeah, this we happened. were live chatting it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I am freely admitted, I could not give two shits about this thing. I am wasting my time watching these people things uh, you know, as they talk about. The, the games that are coming out and a couple of them are like eh. it is it, it's like going to the movie theater and you get all the uh the uh, the trailers that they're gonna play in the beginning and i'll look at my wife and my wife will look at me and we'll, you know we'll like you know eh, maybe yeah, something yeah, yeah. this is all we look at each other and go eh. you know just uh, the heavy side grunt kind of motion um so since we're talking about bethesda we might as well start with bethesda um, okay blow them uh, out of the water so doom eternal um we were all excited we get to see a little bit more gameplay uh people at the demo hands-on demo on the on the floor cool um everybody's all in for doom eternal uh id software has done a fantastic job with the first one um so everybody's you excited that, but i mean he's saying everybody's for it. the only person that really sounded like you know they're for it was yeah guy that was always oh no <laughs> no the general yeah no fuck that guy but the general consensus for uh doom eternal is beyond the roof but it's not Again, when you think about E3, you're thinking about something new, what they've been working on, a little bit more updates. We've known Dune Eternal's been coming for a long time. Right. Relative, right? So this is just, again, this is kind of just... It, they yeah. don't have anything to show. They talked about the new Star Citizen, and they talked about Elder Scrolls just briefly. Todd Howard came out and said, yeah, we're still working on Star Citizen and Elder Scrolls 6. That's it. That's it. That, that's that's it. Um so doom eternal fantastic wolfenstein's i've never played the series but i've always heard good things about them and you've got the one you got the vr and the one where you play as two hackers or two female hackers i think um, uh, uh young blood yes yeah gameplay looks interesting good job there um uh conceptually death loop was very interesting where you play as two competing um uh what you call it assassins and yep. you're stuck in like a time loop where you keep killing each other and then you keep waking up and redoing the day all over again. Uh, art style and the idea of it was very interesting, but we didn't see anything, so I don't know what to expect. Right. It felt really charismatic the way that they uh, they handled it. And yeah. the, uh, the character designs were uh, like, I, I got into it, like, you know, into the story. The premise is kind of up to debate, like, because uh, it feels like almost like a Netflix uh, movie than yeah. an actual games so i'm not sure how that's gonna fall through i'll tell you we know more about this story than we do know about death stranding that is very <laughs> fair um and and the last thing i think is uh ghostwire by uh what was her name tango gameworks where yes. we had um ikumi nakamura come out and and showcase the because she's the creative director and she stole everybody's hearts at e3 and she showcased what uh ghostwire is going to look like or what it's going to be about and we know may not know too much but i i have a little bit of uh faith in what the game might turn out considering that she did conce conceptual art and artwork for okami uh, Bayonetta in another game that I can't remember. So it's just escaping from my head. Yeah, that, that's totally fair. And uh, 
I don't know if it was you or Brandon that posted the picture of like Rule sixty three uh, Kojima is this uh, lady. Oh, oh, that rep- was that was me. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm close to Kojima too, like uh, spiritually. So I totally understand. And when you get the same vibes from a different character, even if uh, a different person, rather. Even if it's from a uh, not so savory uh, video game company, I can respect that. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, in this case, they are just the publishers, Bethesda. They're not really developing this, but for everything else that we nobody asked for, I uh, who gives a fuck about Fallout seventy six? I know Brandon said about Fallout seventy six. I mean, it was something that he was excited for when it came out and then you know the the hype uh, immediately died like there's when it comes to mmo style gameplay and all that stuff for him and for me uh it's usually the flavor of the month mentality where we're gonna play hardcore for a month and then it burns out i'm pretty sure that was like flavor of the three days kind of situation like it, it did not last long before it's like all right let's go back to final fantasy 14 kind of situation it's, it's just it didn't quite have the same hit because uh either glitches or just bad gameplay and all that stuff not to mention this is an engine from 2011 if not older this is this is an engine that we shouldn't we we shouldn't have to use anymore graphics are a little bit better now well i mean still with uh those kind of graphics well at least i'd like to think so it would offer better handling on uh latency and all that stuff and giving a better connection of the players Except for the problem when the servers are down, or down, yeah, uh, you know that 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 sucks. But uh, uh, meanwhile, I have my best friend just going completely rabid in the chat over the fact that we're talking shit about Fallout seventy six. I'm very sorry, my friend. I'm sorry you like hot garbage. Um, okay, okay, (laughs) okay. That was a little mean. That was a little mean, but it's true. Oh, I think it was just a little mean because you played Destiny, but that, that's totally okay. I respect that. Oh shit, the look on Nick's face. The look you on Nick's what? face. I'm not gonna say anything. Elder Scrolls Blades. Yay, nay, eh. Yeah. I mean, it was interesting the concept that uh you know you can do cross play, it's cross save and all that stuff. It's free to play between uh you know your uh phone and the switch. Uh, I don't think I would ever play it on the phone, and I'm wondering, uh, like, how well would it translate to the Switch? Because, uh, you know, the phone is completely touch to play and all that stuff. Uh, the Switch, you know, obviously has buttons. Am I going to be able to use buttons to play this game? Is there going to be transactions, kind of like uh, Pokemon Quest, that I'm probably going to have to worry about? <sighs> probably. And it's like, you know, that kind of shit's going to push me off almost, uh, you know. I mean, we'd have to look into it. I'm pretty sure I remember seeing some controversy a few months ago regarding Elder Scrolls Blades, or it might have been Elder Scrolls Legends, the car- the uh, tr- uh, the uh, competitive card game that they had yeah. on. Uh, uh, Everybody got hyped over because they were thinking it was going to be a big update to a game, and it turned out to be a fucking card game. All Actually, right. no. I'm mistaken uh, for Valve. And, yeah, uh, Artifact. My bad. That was my bad. Yeah. Uh, um, Elder Scrolls Online, um, not that it's a bad game. It's done a lot better. Uh, they announced their new uh, uh, DLCs and just gave some more um, lore information. I just think that part was okay. Like, Elder Scrolls Online itself is not as just like... Yeah, we, we keep doing the struggle like uh, we're indifferent about it. It's because we don't... We, I've never played a, a day in my life. If people are into it and they're enjoying it, then this is great for them because they're going to get a DLC called Scalebreaker. 
which comes with uh, you know a dungeon and all that. And then they got an expansion coming out June twenty seventh called Moons of Elsewhere. And I think if you know this is meant for you if you're into it. I don't think this is really meant to entice new players to come in. If so, whoops, yeah. he had a shot over my head. Well, no, the, he did specifically say the guy who came out for Zenimax. If you've never played an Elder Scrolls Online game, this is the perfect place to start. Word for word, that's what he said. That though, <laughs> for every probably expansion for Destiny too. I'm sorry, but it's probably true. no, no. You can't because they're not standalone. So you'd have to spend like 90, 100 bucks to get every well Canadian at least to get all of it. But now with the new Destiny Two system, it's all standalone expansions that so you can play. Any time's a good time to jump as long as you give us the money for it. Um, Commander Keen. Commander Keen, I thought was actually an April Fool's Day joke when it first uh, like started. Like, I seriously thought this was a prank or this was going to turn into, like, a software for Fallout 76. I didn't realize that this was originally a game way back in the day. It kind of threw me off because it kind of had, like, a Fallout Boy vibe to it. And, uh, it, you know, it put me off and all that stuff. But it now looks like a uh, Worms game. Just uh, the style of, uh, you know, itself instead of turn-based, it looks like it's action-based. Uh, the cartoon design, you know, looking like a Saturday's cartoon, it immediately turned me off and then all that. It looks, it feels like uh, it's a game ma- meant for eight-year-olds who want to be mature, because I'm pretty sure in the background song, they swear. So I have no idea who this is for at this point. Right. I have no um, idea. Who I, is it for, Nick? I, I don't know. I wasn't, I stopped paying attention, I'll be honest. Um, Rage 2 expansion. Rage 2 looks like an exceptional game. I've not heard anybody speak poorly of it that played it. Uh, so, you know, people who are playing Rage 2, get the, you know, have their little zombies game, then, you know, congrats. So this is going to be something out for you and you're going to enjoy it. Uh, I do like the, actually the style of Rage 2. And it's one of those things where it's like, if somebody else got it and they said they liked it and they wanted me to play with them, I'd jump on it immediately, but I don't want to make that jump myself kind of game. Right, right. It, it, it's uh, weird that I gatekeep myself on certain games that I'm mildly interested in. Orion Game Stream Software. This is the part where I stopped paying attention because I was cooking. I, I I totally like I was watching, but I was not there anymore, Nick. I was gone. Like I was I was checked out and eating pizza. I was sedating myself with <laughs> culinary culture. Uh they you know, he showed this nice fancy title for Orion and then started talking about how this is the future streaming. We're going to be able to do more than anybody else ever before. Orion. Yeah, from what I could understand from just barely paying attention, it just sounded like a competitor to Stadia. It, I mean, it might as well be. I'm not sure if uh, it's specifically for their system with Bethesda or if they're going to lease it out to other programs to be able to use this as a streaming platform. We have no idea if it's going to be like Origin or Steam, where you know it's its own program that's on the computer, where it's going to allow you to stream games instead of you know flat out buying it, or if it's going to be used in the background for games. You know, when you buy a, a game that requires an online connection, it's only one gigabyte, but it should have been ten, and it's just going to constantly stream out you know the performance over time. Uh, you know, with that, it wasn't really all that much said. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> No, I, I, I totally understand. So, I mean, it, you know, it's that's, a riot. That's Bethesda. Um, it was weird because it was a video game. It's an electronic entertainment expo. So, Orion technically fits the bill, but at the same time, it's supposed to be to us about video games. So, we saw Orion and it's like, okay. Uh, I, I, like, I, 
I don't think anybody understood. Like, this is probably something that should have been meant for a, uh, a developer conference, like GDC or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, they put it out here. Well, I mean, they have to they have to push up their stock price somehow, right? And what better way to do it at E3 when you've got a little bit more um, public exposure? Sure. Okay, that's fair. I don't know how well the the, the performance of that was, but that that is fair. What's uh? Which one are we gonna pick for next, Nick? I um, like this. I, like this. I decided to pick with uh, start with Bethesda. Why don't you pick one, Tyler? Okay, uh, let's go. There's a lot here, Tyler. <laughs> uh, Ubisoft. Ubisoft. Okay. Um, I didn't really pay attention to Ubisoft except for Watch Dogs Legion, which, if if they can pull it off, Legion will be a fantastic fucking game. Yeah, it just stinks because I, I thought the same exact thing about Watch Dogs, but then Watch Dogs kind of did a Bethesda the shit the bed oh, yeah. kind of. Oh yeah, no, for sure. Like I'm not gonna buy it until I see a top streamer buy it, play it, and then give me the review. An influencer, great. This is the fucking day and age. Somebody that was hired by Ubisoft will play this game and tell you it's good. Therefore, you convince yourself it's worth buying, and then you're like, oh, but Ninja played it. Well, I mean, you 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 can't you can't beat actual, but like if you mute them and just watch the gameplay, you can't beat whether that you that'll convince you to buy the game or not. Why watch them then? Why why not watch like a silence let's play or something like that? Same thing. Anyways, um, okay. Watch Dogs Legion. Yes. Take a seat back. Let let Uncle Tyler say something every now and then. No, I no, I know. That's why that's why it's the only thing I'm actually gonna say anything about because. This is what Watch Dogs was promised as. Fine, and I if, retract. Respect. <laughs> this is what Watch Dogs was promised as, and if they can pull it off, then great. Uh, I, I, I'm really wary about that kind of thing, though. There's just something doesn't settle with uh, the way Watch uh, Dogs have been performing. But uh, you know, if they can convince people and uh, turns around, well, I've seen crazier things turn around, so I, I can't say that's impossible. Did you play both the watchdogs? I absolutely did not. Okay. I made a mistake because uh Brandon said he was gonna get it and I was we're gonna play it together, slash I watch him play it because we were both into the idea. And then he's like, it's not getting the best reviews, let's wait until it goes on sale. And then he never fucking bought it. And so I sat there for a good year or so waiting for him to grab it from Redbox and all that stuff, but I wasn't really pressuring him into it. And he sure in hell wasn't pressuring himself, so yeah, it just it never happened. It was a game where it's like I, I fancy it, and then eventually over time, people are like, "Yeah, it's probably a good idea that you didn't," which is kind of upsetting, but it's the way it is, unfortunately. Watchdog One was okay. It was just fun. It it didn't have as much of the depth that they promised or made it seem like. Um, I didn't even touch Watchdogs Two, but Watchdogs was okay. I picked it up for eight bucks when it was on resale at at the local game store, and then yeah. I pawned it off for fifty cents because that's all they would take it back for. Damn. I'm surprised they took it. That's like the cost of the uh, Blu-ray disc at that point. <laughs> whatever disc it was. Uh, let's see. Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Uh, obviously, it's been out for about a year or so. Uh, they are introducing a story creator mode where you can create your own quests and stuff to play with yourself, I guess, then maybe friends too. That came out this week, and they're introducing a educational mode, which they had in previous uh, Assassin's Creed titles. To help you learn a little bit more about the area and stuff, which is interesting. I, I think they uh, thought about introducing it after, uh, in light, 
uh, some pun intended, but it's kind of sad. In light of the uh, Notre Dame situation with, uh, you know, the Notre Dame falling into France because uh, they had uh, done, well, let me back up a little bit here. Odyssey. Where is it located? Italy, right? Greece. Ancient Greece. Ancient Greece? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Notre Dame. Uh, the, the, Notre, uh, the Notre Dame was from, is, uh, I think that was in Brotherhood. Is it? It, 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 it? it sounds right to me. It wasn't one of the newer ones. Unity. I think it was Unity. Let's see. Uh, it looks like it's for uh, Unity. Okay. So basically, what, what I was trying to say here is uh, in Unity, uh, they did a very well-grafted uh, 3D model of the Notre Dame. And as a result, when it uh, Notre Dame in real life unfortunately caught flame and burnt pretty much uh, down to the ground, uh, Ubisoft was actually able to provide a hella good 3D model of the thing in case they wanted to rebuild it from scratch. Uh, and they really do their education when it comes like that, especially in the European areas. So I really would like to see what they do, what they offer. I'm ranting. I'm giving too much credit. That comes out this fall. Nick, uh, have you heard about the game called Breakpoint? Um, wasn't that the new Tom Clancy one? Or... Um... If we say no, we can skip it because obviously it, it didn't hit the, you know, that big thing. It's a, yeah, it's called uh, Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Breakpoint. Uh, Ghost Recon. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't care. Okay, fair enough. Coming out October fourth, if you like it, great. <laughs> Let's see. What about Rainbow Six Quarantine coming out next year? Um, that's a that's the new. It looked looked like an interesting idea. It's a um, three man PVE activity, I believe, uh, where yeah. you go in and you have to find uh, a target who's been quarantined and you need to rescue them. At least that's what I understood from the trailer. Um, seems like an interesting activity. They've taken the complexity and the strate strategic elements from Siege. Uh, which is pvp primarily only pvp i don't think there's ever been a pve situation uh don't listen to me and then they've taken those strategic team like focused uh elements and put it into a PV yeah and put it into a pve environment yeah you said don't listen to me i was making a joke okay i was actually listening okay out of character i was listening <laughs> um yeah that's it it looks interesting i probably won't pick it up this uh, next thing is what's throwing me in for a loop with uh, their whole announcement and whatnot. Uh, they are announcing their own e equivalent of the Game Pass, uh, where it's called Uplay Plus. It's a game subscription where you have access to almost the entire library of Ubisoft games. It's uh, currently in beta, right? Uh, or sorry, out on uh, September 3rd, later this year, for $15 a month. So around the same time, Google Stadia is going to be running out too. So that is an interesting way of Ubisoft, you know, Ubisoft saying, "Hey, we're in the game, guys, too. Watch us." Freaks me the fuck out. There's a division film coming out. Uh, people, you know, heard about it, but then it kind of went under the radar. It's been announced that it's coming out for Netflix, and then they forgot to say the part where it might be coming out next year. They legitimately didn't put a date. They have no idea. Uh, there's, I believe, um, it's with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal as one of the leading um, actors. Sure. Sure. Nick, while you look that up, I'm going to point out that there is a free-to-play roller derby game coming out sometime this year called Roller Champions. So imagine your skating rink you know, uh, where they have disco lights and all that stuff, arcade in the corner for people who don't know how to skate. I might have been there. Uh, there's going to be some kind of battle system uh, where you can roll a derby and fight each other, which I'm curious to see how that's going to come out. 
It is free to play, like I said, uh, coming out 2019. Didn't announce the platforms yet. Uh, lastly, Gods and Monsters, which kind of had a uh, God of War kind of uh, feel to it, uh, is coming out on February 25th of 2020, uh, which is my birthday next year. So nice. I guess uh, I'll celebrate my birthday by deciding whether or not to uh, consider Gods and Monsters. Okay. I probably no idea. I don't trust that kind of shit. So the division, the division film is going to be starring Jessica Chastain and Jake Gyllenhaal. Mm, nice. Um, it is going to be directed by David Leitch, who was uh, the director for Deadpool Two. Um, okay, with this, this is, go on. That's all we know about it. Um, so that's the division, and also missing from this list is Mythic Quest. Do you remember Mythic Quest, Tyler? Mythic Quest. This actually sounds familiar. Hmm. Mythic hmm. Quest is um, a TV show, another TV show by Ubisoft about the video game industry and all the creative directors. It's basically a satire on the video game um, industry. Um, it is being um, the, the the star in the show is one of the actors from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. So it was interesting for me that uh, Ubisoft announced two different uh uh, like uh, they announced a, a, a TV show and they announced a movie. <laughs> I am looking at it now. Mythic Quest is a uh, looks like it came out for the Apple TV Plus, which uh, explains a little bit for me. I've never actually heard of this uh, t- uh, TV series, Nick. Well, no, it hasn't come out yet, and they announced it at E3. They did a little uh, trailer at during their conference. Ah, okay. My bad. My apologies. Yeah. Let's see. It was developed, uh, starting to develop around August 9th, 2018. Good deal. Uh, they say that filming has been concluded in March uh, this year. So it looks like it's ready to go. Yep. Yeah. All right, Nick. That was Ubisoft. What's next in the list? I'm getting Evolver kinda... Digital. Oh, boy. We're going to go straight for the good one. The one where it's like, we don't care about this. We're just doing it because everybody <laughs> else is doing it. We want to be popular. So Devolver Digital, they... They have a. They just want to continue. Honestly, I think that's what they're doing. They're just continuing their story each each E3. That's it. Yeah, they don't. At this point, they don't care about the games because their games speak for themselves. So they just want to continue the narrative that they've established with each like conference. Previously in E3, an AI system goes wrong. Right. So I'm, I'm sure you uh, people listening, they haven't seen it. I. I want to talk about it, but I also don't want to because it is pre- pretty fascinating. You can go out and find all the Devolver Digital conferences that they've done to catch up on the story. But this year, they took a really interesting spin, and Devolver is not afraid of doing crazy shit because that conference was fun. The uh, fuck you, we can do it too mentality is uh, very unique, Nick, because uh, you call this the Devolver Digital Conference, but I'm pretty sure it's the Devolver Direct, sir. This year it was the Devolver Direct. Damn right, it was the Devolver Direct. <laughs> um, last year, I, I think the, my favorite moment will still be from last year when they uh, they dropped the loot box coin, I think that was called, which was a big uh, replica coin that you could buy with a variable price every day, and it had no actual value. Um, was it a physical coin? It was a physical coin that you could buy that had no actual value, but the price changed every day. It would go from double digits to triple digits. Huh. It was because as a big, basically, it was a satire on uh, all the microtransaction controversies from that year. Um, so 
I'm putting with a cryptocurrency spin on it. I'm pretty sure that's what it was called, loot box coin. Yes, it was, and sadly, it's no longer for sale. No, it's no longer for sale. It went. It was an actual thing that you could actually buy that went live last year as soon as they talked about it. This year, they did their own uh, satire by uh, announcing the Devol uh, Devolver bootleg, where you could buy. You could buy parody bootleg versions of their own games. Yep. An eight, eight in one pack on Steam right now with a 1% off sale. This is... <laughs> I know. I know. This is, this... this is meta commentary on a meta level. <laughs> I, love, I love Devolver Digital. Especially when they give us games like Katana Zero and My Friend is Pedro, which is coming out soon. Um, yeah. I... I, I love I love these guys. I mean, they're so fucking self aware that you know they don't even care. It's like it's almost it feels like uh oh shoot uh I'm sorry I'm I'm losing thought here. Adult Swim. If Adult Swim were to instead of being a uh, a TV series or you know uh, their own channel and all that uh, TV show company, if right. they were strictly into video games and this is all they did and this is how they based off, uh, I feel like this is you know this is their spirit animal kind right. of mindset. Oh, shit. Just <laughs> making a fucking bootleg of their own game series. But um, they do have uh, a few games that are coming out, like legitimate games. Yeah, so My Friend Pedro, which was announced last year, has got a release date set in stone now. It's coming out the 20th of June. Um, it's it's uh, The story, I believe, is a guy being held hostage by a banana, or a very convincing banana is making do all these things. What? So, something I mean Something like that. Sure. I, okay. It honestly, that sounds about run of the mill for Devolver uh, to make uh, to put out a game like that. Um, yeah. It, it's just a very cool, like flippy parkour, uh, side-scrolling shoot 'em up game um, with some pretty interesting graphics. So look out for that coming out soon. Um, Enter the Gungeon. If you haven't played it, I was watching gameplay of it, and it's a roguelike uh, shooter with uh, think of the Birth of Isaac, uh, the Binding of Isaac. Of course, it's a, a roguelike game. It's based off of you know playing an arcade machine. Enter the Gungeon. Look, uh, the, the game that we're getting ready to talk about, Enter the Gungeon: House of the Gun Dead, is coming out for arcade systems. Right. Yeah, they're taking the game that they publish and making an arcade version of it. Okay. I just, I mean, when you think of a roguelike game, you think of it like that. The reason why it's roguelike is because it's based off of you put a quarter in and you die. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. I'm just. I just got turned around. Um, I'm sorry. I, I probably said that wrong, knowing me. No, no. I was just, I was just talking about the uh, the game. So you've got like different characters with different abilities, similar to like the Binding of Isaac, yeah. Um, where you can start each run with a different character. Um, but yeah. So the the actual arcade units are coming out uh, early 2020. So you can start pre-ordering them, I believe. Uh, I did watch uh, a bit of video of uh, Carrion. Carrion. Yeah. Carrion. Okay. And it just—it looks like this horrific eight-bit game where you're just like this meat monster going around and killing people. It looks really cool. Does it? Okay, because I didn't know what to think about it. It's like it, it feels like if uh, Dead Space was an eight-bit game and you were playing as the Necromorph, you just pretty much go around and just merge well. Shit. Well, it's see, just... here's here's the difference with Carrie, and you're playing in a a, a a monster that's trying to escape, right? And humans aren't as scary as necromorphs physically. I mean, it depends on your point of view in here. Uh, sometimes we are the monsters. Uh, so that's why I said physically, humans aren't that scary when compared to necromorphs. Okay, that's fair. Physically, um, 
So, like, going around as the one solo monster infecting and killing all these humans seemed like an interesting and fun game. And again, it seems fitting for Devolver to put out something like that. Devolver, I think, I I aspire to be, or I wish certain companies were like Devolver, where they're like, give me your ideas, we'll give you the money, let's make it work. Not where uh, we're moving towards, uh, this is commentary on, on, on how the... How the game industry is developing, so... I kind of wish I knew what the price is for something like that. Uh, I feel like that would be a, a nice $10 game, but who knows? Uh, it's also upsetting because I know most of these games are coming out for PC, but I really wish like uh, a couple of these, like Carrion, was coming out for the Switch. It, it um, just feels like it would be fitting for something like that. I'm sure there would be a Switch port um, at some Eventually, point. at least, yeah. But Because uh, all of these games are about the same price, about 15 16 bucks, same as Katana Zero was. Um because we've got the messenger coming out pretty soon for PC and I'm pretty sure it's coming out pretty soon for Switch as well. I was browsing the store and the messenger is an old school uh platforming side scrolling 2D ninja game with some pretty interesting like time mechanics where you right. hit certain portals and then you'll transfer that the area that you're in will get you'll get teleported back in time. So that's pretty cool that's coming out uh soon. Uh, it's coming DLC. on, yeah. The DLC uh, for is coming out and hitting consoles. Oh, is that what it's called? Okay. Yes, which includes uh, the Switch. It's going to be yeah. coming out in 2019. Um, uh, lastly, then, I didn't quite get a look at this next one, Nick. So uh, this is technically all you. All guys, yeah. It's uh, basically a battle royale, but not in your traditional sense. Uh, you basically start off with um, uh, a certain amount of you. I think it was close to 100 just navigating obstacle courses and an obstacle course that got crazier as time went on so think of like um it, it starts off as it's one of those game shows where you have a bunch of people just going through like a muddy course then have to go up a hill and then things like, uh, like walls, a, american uh, ninja or something like that yeah so that's what or, it ends uh, up being wipeout. like it gets yeah it gets that no wipeout so it starts off like wipeout but it said it's 100 people in a larger course and it gets more intense as you go on so it's kind of like a traditional battle royale. I don't know if you actually compete against each other in terms of like pushing each other out of the way or pushing your opponents into like traps or pushing them out of the way. Um, hmm. But uh, from initial reviews, I heard that everybody was really excited about it, actually. That um, sounds comical, like just trying to screw people over. And I just feel like karma would eat you almost immediately. Yeah, it just like, looks like a fun, way, silly game. Yeah. Um, so that's Fall Guys, and that comes out uh, PS4 and PC early 2020. And that is Devolver. Wow, we have three down, only like 20 more to go. Holy shit. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, I feel like we should look at a big one. A big one. Your pick, Tyler. Uh, you know what I notice out of all of this? Yeah. Uh, Sony is really quiet. Well, I mean, we've known that Sony's not going to be at E3 whatsoever. I mean, they might have had a booth on the floor, but we know they're doing their own thing. Right. Right. It's I, just, I actually I can't confirm if they had a booth on the floor. I'm just guessing that you would at least do that. But I mean, they skipped it almost wholesale. I believe they had made a couple announcements about Last of Us Two, but uh, yeah, they they totally went dark. It's just so weird not having that. Uh, I am going to go for a big name, but you know, I, I want to save the best for last, if you don't mind. Right. So I'm going to look at Microsoft. Um, actually, um, which I would also disagree. I think. Microsoft and Nintendo did equally well, but anyways, that's just uh, sorry. I mean, personal opinion. Um, no, I understand that. Um, before I you get into Microsoft that, Microsoft probably did the third best. Who did second best? Square Enix. Doubt. Um, okay. Phil Spencer. 
totally uh, is fair. actually on the board for um, uh, E3. And he put out a statement for uh, saying that he was sad and disappointed that Sony didn't show up because as because he has a vested interest in E3 being a good show. Um, he's like, Sony missing out. Sony being at E3 makes everybody want to do better and it just makes it a better show. Um, right. And so there's a bunch of other people, like two other important people. I think one of them was from Zenimax that was also on the board, and I, but I could be wrong. But I, I just thought that was interesting. I mean, what is a E3 show without a solo three-minute guitar player? It just feels like... It's not E3. It's not E3. <laughs> <laughs> but but this year's E3, and since we're talking about Microsoft, this is E3 had something else. But Tyler, uh, what out of everything, what jumped out at you from this from, from their conference? Uh, besides the obvious uh well I'll, I'll save the one game for you sir because you seem like a, a billion times uh more interested in that kind of stuff uh a couple of things i just want to poke and prod at uh they are announcing the xbox game pass so the game pass for the xbox specifically for the pc so you have the game pass for the pc and then you have the game pass for the xbox and they're like hey lol now you can get the Xbox Game Pass on the PC, so you can access uh, Xbox games potentially on the PC. Uh, so you can buy uh, both of them separately. I believe they're both $10 a piece, and there is a special pack where you can get a bundle, I believe, for $15 a month. So I don't know what the fuck that is about. That's kind of weird, honestly. That really threw me off for a loop that they uh, you know, have a separate Game Pass, because I thought if you bought Game Pass for one, it would come for both. But Microsoft loves money, as it turns out. I didn't pay too much attention to it, but I think the PC Game Pass has some other um, caveats to it. Okay. It, it just kind of freaked me out a little bit. Uh, the other thing is, in the previous episode, I talked shit about how the Xbox One controller still uses AA batteries. And lo and behold, uh, Phil Spencer himself uh, apparently was on the microphone. He was like, we need to, we need to fix that. Uh, just announce something. I'll get, get a stock image. We have 100 stock images. We're not even going to use it. Just Put it out there and you know fuck it oh they put out an elite controller series 2 that has an internal battery on it uh i mean the only downside is it's probably going to be hundreds of dollars because it's an elite controller i'm pretty sure the last one was like 150. yep they said 150 um for competitive like shooters on console uh scuff gaming controllers uh were some of the more popular specifically for the ps4 uh because you they had paddles on the back that's one of the advantages of these controllers. They have paddles on the back, so you never have to take your thumbs off the thumbsticks to sacrifice for movement. So you right. can shoot, move, and do other actions all at the same time without having to take your fingers off one of the buttons. So I have an, I have an Elite controller. And right, oh, do you? I do have an Elite controller. Um, and this was right at the end of like Destiny's one lifetime. Yeah. Um, and so these really help me when we do like weekend trials and destiny with uh, my competitive gaming um at least as competitive as we could get in d1 um and the general takeaway is putting aside the price the elite controllers are some of the best competitive controllers because of their build quality and how long they last um it, it's just the price it, it's it's insanely high for that uh for what you want where you can get a scuff for cheaper i think for 50 dollars cheaper but with the with the really is the build quality that's the only argument point for why it's priced so high if i was somebody who was playing uh you know shooters and all that stuff competitively as you know my main source of gaming would you recommend that with the price difference over a regular xbox one controller um i would or you could learn to claw 
So the, the claw, the legendary claw technique. So you had you had these um, um, controllers uh, where they've got these paddles, and with the Xbox, they are uh, magnetic, right? So they go on the back like so, and I'm just putting the things on the back right now. So they go on the back like so, right? They're pressable controls, and I'm holding up my Xbox for Tyler, my Elite controller for Tyler, because I don't think I've shown it to him. And you can map any button you want to these, and there's two more on this side. That's no where they fit. Shit. Right? That's so and, cool. And it even has, so these things right here, when you flip them, I think it goes this way, it uh, blocks the pull distance on the triggers. So now it's shorter. If I go it the other way, now it has to go all the way for it to activate. So think of it as like a mechanical switch. So now it only has to go that much to activate. So you just gotta um, tap it instead of pushing it all the way down to shoot somebody. You just gotta. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. So, so essentially, if I had all four paddles, I'm essentially holding the controller like this, right? And it's just about learning and muscle memory and practicing. And I would never have to move my right thumb to any of the buttons if I wanted to jump or if I wanted to reload or swap weapons. Now, a claw is essentially this. So it's a little bit awkward. But you play like that, where you bring in your index finger over on top so that you can use that to press everything rather than having to sacrifice removing your right thumb. Oh, that just sounds so horrible, though. So that's what we adopted on the Xbox. I feel like you get arthritis doing that. It is. I've I've seen my friend pull off some insanely clutch plays because he learned how to claw and he was able to like use it effectively in very high, uh, like intense situations. But I opted for comfort. I was saying, and, <laughs> and I uh, use my hand in the next 20 years. And when the Elite controllers went on sale, I'm like, fuck yeah, I want one. And so I picked up one. And uh, Nick in the chat is trying to sell one right now. He's just announcing he's trying to sell off his uh, Series 1 uh, Elite controller. So if anybody wants one, give a shout out. CasualMasterQuest at gmail.com. Uh, just put sale or want to buy Elite controller in the title. I've thought well, about it, but then I really like it for um, because again, I just plug it in whenever I need to use a controller on my PC. So, hmm. oh, and they've got interchangeable uh, like sorry, I keep going, but you can pull interchange- out the thumbsticks. Yep. Um, they they're taller and also an interchangeable D-pad. So it goes from the standard like four button of like four arrows to a kind of like a flat circle that goes yep. right on top. Um, it so almost feels cool like uh, the the Steam. Uh, button i guess system yep. but uh because uh if you're trying to use that and you're trying to like do uh button combos and all that like for example a fighting game doing that across a cross pad can really chafe the chunk or the the tongue if you're using your tongue to play your uh your thumb after a while it starts to hurt but yeah no that's the elite controller so uh yeah anyways thank you <laughs> thank you nick that's my that's my tangent for the day uh, they are also talking about doing uh, console streaming from the Xbox One to, and uh, I put this in quotes, anywhere, which I mean essentially a PC. Uh, kind of like how uh, PS4 can stream right. uh, through a uh, PlayStation system. Uh, that's coming out in November. Or, sorry, October. October. So we got that going on. Uh, is there anything here that you are looking at that you really, really want to talk about, Nick? Um, Gears of War 5. Um, I'm excited for that. That's part of why I have an Xbox because of the Gear series. Um, so that's coming out soon. I think they gave us a date, uh, September 10th. Um, yep. I, I'm 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 trying to put that up, put off the other game until the end. Um, 
No, that's totally understandable. Uh, let's hold off from talking about Sega's Fantasy R Online 2. Ah, shit. Well, I guess now we have to talk about it. Yeah, I guess now we got to talk about it. Uh, Tell me about this game. I know nothing about this game. Uh, This game was pretty much the swan song of the Sega Dreamcast, the first one before it got taken out completely and went to bankruptcy. Uh, A lot of people like really tried hard to uh, keep like private servers and all that stuff up going. And uh, yeah, people really liked it, but unfortunately, you know, it was very hard to uh, you know play, especially with the fans' translations. The second version came out, but I believe it was either strictly in Japan or Korea, and people uh, you know started making accounts to go over there. But the latency was pretty rough because the servers were over in that area only, plus right. you know native language and all that. So through a mixture of fan translations that they would have to do over time, you know, with each patch and all that stuff. It was really rough for people to play, and only the most dedicated Western audiences could play. Uh, and they are finally announcing that people will be able to get a chance to play it with uh, official translations and all that out on Xbox One and PC. It's uh, just imagine a fantasy space game. Uh, it's a fantasy okay. space game. It, you know, it's Destiny-like, except you know a little bit more casual. I'd like to think. And uh, you know, people like to sit around a, a space station hub and just kind of sit there and talk with each other. It was more uh, more chatty than Destiny, I guess. Destiny felt okay. more gameplay oriented, but this was more role play. It felt like at the time. But uh, I mean, you can dance. Yeah, nice. so, you know, so if, if you like dancing in a space uh, MMO, then uh, guess what? I got good news for you. It's your chance to play the uh, Korean equivalent of Destiny Two. Um, nice. Uh, uh coming out. Uh, yeah spring 2020 i'm just looking at the games here and they announced a lot of games this year as they usually do yeah um, they did holy shit they announced a fucking game we've got uh the one that stands out to me immediately on this list is elden ring um do you know why tyler not a damn clue dude because it is a collaboration between the creators of dark souls from software yeah. Mm-hmm. And GRR Martin, the creator of Game of Thrones. Oh boy. Well, on the plus side, you'll know a lot of characters will die at least. <laughs> I mean, um, that's like guaranteed at that point, right? Dark Souls and fucking Game of Thrones. Yeah, no, you're definitely dying. You specifically. Um, I'm not gonna touch this game, but I'm excited by this collaboration. I'm not gonna touch this game, not because either of these people are bad, these creators. It's just I fucking hate the Soul series as a game. Like it's not for me. I, that's why I didn't touch Sekiro. That's why I didn't touch uh, even play Dark Souls three without going into multiplayer mode immediately. So I'm not gonna. I, and and as Nick in the chat has said, because he can't finish his fucking book, so he has to do something else. So um, <laughs> I'm. It's you know until he finishes that, I'm not touching the Sonam. I don't even read those books. But yeah, no Elden Rings. Um, the new Dragon Ball Z game, Kakarot, uh, it's coming out 2020, uh, looks solid. Um, I don't know if they're sticking with the fighter theme or it's now more story-based. I think it's an RPG. I, I mean, the only thing I got to see was the, uh, you know, Prince Vegeta and Nappa pretty much. Right. Uh, I didn't get to see the actual video or whatnot. It does look like it's using, uh, something very similar to the Dragon Ball Fighter Z, sorry, fighters, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and it does look like it might be uh, something that's story based. And I really do like the uh, original timeline where Vegeta was still considered the uh, the bad guy before he switched over to the anti-hero right. towards the uh, end of the Frieza saga. Uh, I always liked it when he was like just a flat out super asshole where he could give two shits about you. So right. it does make sense that they picked this kind of timeline. Honestly, um, it, the only other timeline I could think of that would rival this was uh, Dragon Ball when Goku was going against uh, Evil King Piccolo. 
but no one knows right. about that. So I guess Kakra and you know Vegeta, it is right. I actually read that um, read that series where he went up and he got the I think it was a beam uh, at the top of the tower, and then that boosted his uh, abilities, and then he went and did all the training, and then he came back. Yeah, that was pretty. That was pretty good. Thank yeah. you, Nick, for giving me some validation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you did your best. Yeah. Um, uh, we've got Age of Empires 2 coming. Uh, yep. Like a remastered edition, which I'm excited uh, by. I hope so, because Age of Empires came out when I was like in fifth grade. So <laughs> this is uh, definitely a remake. Um, if, yeah, yeah, no. Um, who was who the original company that made Age of Empires? Um, oh, shit. Because I've talked about this on the show before. Uh, they also made Age of Mythology, which I really like. And Age of Mythology came out Relic. so fucking long ago. Relic uh, Entertainment, Ensemble Studios, Glue Mobile. I Age don't know of Mythology made... came so fucking long ago that it came out in 2002, but it's still 20-something bucks on Steam. Much like the developers, it is a relic that people uh, are... Uh... Ensemble Studios uh, did Age of Mythology and Age of Empires 2. Oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> Nick, we got so many games that we can just name off at this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, um, do you mind if I run down the list here? Go for it. All right. Uh, this one I'm going to give a little love uh, by Bankai. Uh, sorry, Bankai. Bankai. Uh, Bandai Namco. Uh, Tales of Arise or Arise. I have no idea yet. Part of the uh, Tales uh, series, which is something I'm excited for. I've been wanting to pick up a good Tales game uh, ever since I played uh, Tales of Symphonia. Uh, I really just want to get into another Tales, and Bazaria was kind of you know into it, but I think this is something I want to look into. It's coming out 2020. We talked about Elden Ring. They announced Battletoads for some fucking reason because Microsoft's weird. Uh, Microsoft's Flight Simulator, which uh, it was a big thing back around like 2012, 2014. It looks like they're coming back uh, with uh, play available, I believe, for the Xbox One. And it looks really PC. good too, from what and they showed. They did it a damn really good job with it. Good. Yeah, uh, just the idea of you know flying different types of planes. We talked about Dragon Ball Z. Obsidian, who was recently purchased, I believe, within the the past year by Microsoft, uh, they showed their new game called The Outer Worlds. Outer Worlds is coming out on October 25th. I don't have any information about this game. Uh, after that, we got Minecraft Dungeons coming out in spring of 2020. So if you want more Minecraft, uh, ironically enough, they did point out that uh, it says from the creators of Minecraft, which I'm assuming they mean Mojang and not uh, Notch because they pretty much scratched Notch out of fucking everything they could think of. Uh, let's see. They're announcing a Blair Witch game, which is supposed to be some kind of Slenderman style horror game. It's coming out not on August touching 30th. It. That's fair. Uh, Forza Horizon 4, it's already out, but they're announcing a DLC for uh, LEGO Speed Champions. So if you want to play LEGO cars and you got Forza Horizon 4, then uh, yeah. And uh, <sighs> there's so much fucking more. But those are the big ones, at least. And we've got those a few are more. the big ones. I'm going to say we, we do have uh, at least uh, two more I'd like to Three announce. More. Three um, more. Okay, fine. Fine. Psychonauts. Yes. Uh, did you play the first they, one? I did not get to play the first one. I did enjoy watching it. It's one of those games where I, I wanted to uh, enjoy it, but I didn't have time to play it. And so I was trying to multitask. Psychonox was one of them. Uh, and this is part of the announcement where Double Fine is uh, being bought up by Xbox. Microsoft now owns Double Fine. So uh, 
they uh, dropped a uh, trailer for Psychonauts 2, which, you know, is very similar to the previous ones that they put out. But uh, yeah, looks like Psychonauts will be a Xbox game. Oh, it's, uh, Double Fine made... Um, sorry, I was just looking through Double Fine, the list of games they made. A lot of yeah. small ones, but one of the important ones was they worked on Brutal Legend, which which is pretty cool. And I've talked about Brutal Legends, the one with Jack Black, where he goes into like an alternative dimension and he has to battle people with like metal music and oh, yeah. Ozzy Osbourne's in the game. Fucking awesome. All right. Yeah, um, I'm throwing off because uh, Tim Schafer, the you know person that owns uh, Double Fine, he's been the one that's been pushing hard for all these kind of games. Uh, it's kind of surprising that he uh, sold himself off the uh, Microsoft. It's kind of a telling sign uh, where he is with trying to get game, you know, his games uh, developed at this point. I mean, it must have been really difficult enough for him, you know, to right, you know, sell the soul to the devil, so to speak. But also, I mean, it's not it's not like Microsoft has has done bad with the studios they've acquired. Um, at least I don't think so. But time will tell um, with Double Fine uh, how that works out. So. Part of why I got the Xbox was really just to be able to continue playing Halo. And ever since they announced uh, they teased Halo Infinite last year, the um, we've been waiting for more information, wondering when it's going to come out. And this year we got an answer to that. So we got a little bit more of a teaser into the Halo universe. Um, and they announced that it's going to be dropping with Project Scarlet. And so this is going to be a Breath of the Wild the Switch situation. What do you mean? Uh, well... Switch came out the same day uh, Breath of the Wild did. Oh, you mean like, like a, a they're, flagship they're game? Making, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. They are yeah. announcing a big-ass game coming out with you know the system. Yeah. So. so Project Scarlet is the code name for the next Xbox system. And we have a release qu- a quarter. It's coming out holidays 2020. Uh, they'll be bundled together, most probably. Most likely, it's probably going it, to... Yes, they're going to be bundled together. Halo Infinite with the new Xbox uh, console generation. Fifth generation. It's not the fifth generation. I'm thinking Pokemon. Pokemon's been on my head the last few I was going to say, we're way past the fifth generation, I think this is gen- to generation nine. Do I'm we count sure. the Atari 2600 as the first generation, or is the first generation with Nintendo Entertainment System? What I have we no idea. Anyways, or is the first project. generation with the PlayStation <laughs> 1 and the Xbox? Uh, we don't know. Or PlayStation 2 and Xbox OG. Project Scarlet. Yeah, I'm going to say, we, we never really gave it a generation number. We said uh, previous and next gen. I was going by the Wikipedia classification. I think it's generation 8 that was the current generation. <sighs> you're a generation Z, aren't you? No, you're a millennial like me. So tell me about the Xbox uh, Scarlet. <laughs> uh, it's got a solid-state drive. It's going to be using an AMD processor that's reportedly four times more powerful than the current Xbox One X. Um, big it's claim. Have, it, is, it is a big claim, but it's not unbelievable considering the new AMD processors that are coming out. And for similar to the cur- the, the price of the second generation, they're, they're similar in price, but so much more powerful. So I don't doubt that this is untrue. Um, well, it just feels kind of weird because uh, they've made these kind of claims before where, you know, the whole concept art is, oh, it's going to be so much more powerful. But when it comes out, it's like, actually, it's only 1.8 times more powerful, which is still a big claim. But to say that it's four times. Right. Well, it is four times, probably four times more power- powerful in specific set, uh, scenarios and specific cases. Four times more teraflops. So I think the the more appropriate wording would be up to four times more powerful than the Xbox One. <laughs> they don't want to say that though. They can't. No, put because that that's in not there. marketing. That's not good marketing. No, that's terrible um, marketing. 
it, it'll be able to go up to 8K resolution and support 120 FPS with a minimum of 60 FPS, I think they promised. Up to, yes. Yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, in this case, it has to be up to because it depends on your display now. So if you have a 4K display, you can't expect 8K resolution because it's not going to happen. Yeah, but they're not going to be able to put Halo Infinite and in 8K uh, resolution. Can they'll they? They'll be able to. Why, why wouldn't they so? be able to? Oh, yeah. I, I just feel like uh, the end game, like uh, 8K resolution is going to come out for that uh, fucking puzzle game that comes out with almost uh, what little puzzle game became super popular when it first came out with the Xbox 360. Not like it. Not bejeweled, but was the there was, one? Uh, it just felt like it was a, a hexagon style game that came out the same time the 360 came out. And it was a free to play game that seemed like everybody got their hands on. And it was just a fantastic looking game. You have, have no idea what about. I'm talking about. Oh, no. my gosh. Uh, well, go ahead and run down the list. I'm going to hunt for this damn thing. So we've got um, 8K resolution up to 120 FPS, depending on the developer, depending on the game. But I think they promised or guaranteed that it'd be able to do 60 fps minimum as long as the developer made it for that made it for 60 fps um and it's also going to be using gddr6 ram which is essentially top of the line so we've got a big beefy console headed right to us next year during the holidays that's going to drop with the new halo games halo infinite which i'm very excited for uh halo infinite has been has reported has been reported to be a aesthetic reboot of the series um so more going back to the original combat evolved halo 2 and halo 3 style they want to keep it on one planet um the story got kind of fucked up in the middle so i don't know what's going to happen there but i'm just very excited because this is a big part of my childhood is a big part of why i like shooters so very excited for that and it's going to be on pc so yay um yay. yeah uh, i'm still looking for I that game i do believe i might have found it but i could be mistaken this is the closest thing i could find uh to me i just don't feel like it is i was thinking of something that it looks like hexic but it was just it had a bejeweled like setting to it it almost uh felt more space themed and it is bugging me that i have no idea what i'm talking about but it looked great and it was one of those games where it was simple it was to the point and it had a strong graphic design and i guess it was probably one of the only games I got to play that was, you know, free back on Xbox 360 back in the day. But uh, it does not uh, seem like I'm going to be able to find it while we uh, talk about this. So I'm going to abandon it. But I thought it might have been Hexic, might have been Luxor, but no. Uh, I, I wish I could find it. This is actually breaking my heart. Well, if you want to continue looking for that, I'm going to lose my fucking shit. Go ahead, Nick. Take it away, because I yeah, know what you want to talk about. All the hype's died down for me already. I'm going to spoil it, Nick. You better watch out. Okay. Um, Cyberpunk, 2077, Cyberpunk 2077 by CD Projekt Red. They were they were there. They, they showed up at Microsoft's conference. Um, and they started showing the trailer. For some of the... They started showing a new trailer. Trailer went on. Um, and at the end of the trailer, we see Keanu Reeves. And Keanu Reeves walks out on stage. And it was fan fucking tastic. We have yes, a game. Uh, it releases April sixteenth, twenty twenty. Um, and 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 there's been a whole lot of conversations with CD Projekt Red um, after the conference. Uh, yeah. So apparently, Keanu Reeves' character is gonna have the most vo uh, dialogue in the game, second only to the player themselves. Um, <laughs> so he's gonna be your best friend, essentially. He's gonna right. be. He's gonna be a key character. He, he's um, gonna be your Midna. Your, your Navi. 
How the fuck did they keep this a secret, Tyler? I mean, how? I don't know. I, I couldn't tell you, dude. Uh, obviously, Keanu Reeves uh, knows how to keep his mouth shut. Well, well, Keanu Reeves isn't on. He doesn't have socials at all, so it, it it's probably easier for him to like not have any track Oops. his kind of like shit that's happening because he just lives a very simple like straightforward life he's he doesn't have any socials he just goes to work shoots his films shoots some people in the head in his films then goes home um he's he's he he, he didn't know how to react when he was on stage you could see visibly that so phil spencer uh, also put out another thing where he's like all right listen when you go out on stage people are going to lose their fucking minds you better be ready for that i'm, I'm paraphrasing roughly here. he's like well why he didn't understand keanu reeves doesn't even know his place in, in internet culture and so when he came out on stage he's visibly um um taken aback like he he had to take some time to get through his thing that he had to say um and it's and it's it's awesome like i'm just very excited because this is the year of keanu we've had oh, yeah. him in a rom-com We've had him in John Wick 3, and now we're going to get him in Cyberpunk 2077. It just feels uh, weird because I would have thought that Keanu Reeves, uh, his time would have passed, you know, after like uh, the late uh, mid beginning to mid 2000s, I'd like to think, especially after like the Matrix and stuff like that. It just felt like his time kind of passed. But the fact that he managed to mature and pull on and then turn into what he is today, it just it, it feels amazing. Right. Um, and now I want to turn the conversation on CD Projekt Red a little bit. Um, there was a little bit of controversy um, with with Cyberpunk from from E3 because there was an ad in the game during the demo or from a still from the game where you could see a um, I believe and I just want to be correct here. Um, I believe you could see a trans model in one of the in-game ads, uh, and I don't know exactly what the controversy was. Um, but basically, CD Projekt Red came out and said that they're trying to implement a system where you could essentially be whatever you want uh, when you're creating your character. So apart from your standard, when you think of Skyrim or you think of MMORPGs, uh, instead of the standard like face sculpting and body sculpting tools, they want to take it further and be like, um, you could, because it's a cyberpunk world where people are getting cybernetic enhancements, getting new eyes put in, you're getting new arms put in. They're like, if you want to have parts of this specific kind mixed with parts of this specific kind, you can do that, but it's a little complicated and we want to take our time with it and make sure we do it right. Because they also want that one players to have a choice in the voice lines as well and how it sounds, which I think is really cool that they're trying to implement. So you can, at least that's what I understood from the interview that they're trying to implement and they haven't made any promises as to whether that's going to be in the game because of the complexity. Because you can imagine, especially with something like your voice, if your character has dialogue, uh, but there's an option for, you know, 10 different voices for a specific uh, type, they'd have to record every single one of those voices. Oh yeah, especially in the outcomes that come, you know, continue with that. So that's a, I, that's a fucking lot, dude. CD Projekt Red to me is by far what developers should be today. And then I was having a conversation with some friends, uh, some class, some colleagues, I would say, uh, on campus today, uh, uh, earlier this week. And somebody's like, "Yeah, I'm not too excited by CD Pro by Cyberpunk. I just don't want it to be another situation like Anthem." And like, "All right, listen here, you fuckface." Bioware and CD Projekt Red are two different. <laughs> I just went off. I just went off on him because I'm like, you can't, you can't. No, say listen that. here, you little shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, CD Projekt Red, Cyberpunk 2077 with Keanu Reeves, April 16, 2020. It's probably gonna be where we get it for current generation of consoles, and then as soon as the new generation drops, we're gonna get enhanced versions. 
it's interesting because CG Project Red is the kind of company where they're going to do just fine regardless. Uh, you know, they've had, you know, middle of the road, if not very high, uh, decent. They're doing, they're successful in making their gains, especially with The Witcher. And so to have a boon that is in the shape of Keanu Reeves, you know, be a part of this, it just feels like uh, overkill, Nick. It just feels like overkill. Uh, I feel like uh, I'm starting to get nervous because this might be one of those stars aligned kind of game. Like uh, people might get hyped on it beyond any reason because they think it's going to be the biggest game of, you know, the decade. And it might be. I don't fucking know. That's that's a fair concern. But I would argue that you let CD Projekt's Red merits speak for themselves. Look at what they've done with The Witcher 3. Look at how they're uh, like outside of the games. Look at how they're treating their developers. Look at how open their communication is and what they're trying to do so i feel like it wouldn't be ill-advised to put your faith in um in them and this game but i would also agree that it could it could lead to overhyped expectations because that's what happens when you bring in a celebrity and you combine it with the video game and you expect it to be amazing and then it just falls flat on its face oh yeah oh boy uh we gotta keep moving nick yeah, we do. We we have three more fucking companies. Uh, I say that one of them we should be able to just to run through like uh, run through a warm room real quickly here in the course of five minutes. If you're down, I'm down for it. Do you know what you want yeah. I'm talking about? All yeah, right. So, so PC gaming show uh, came after uh, Devolver Digital, which is kind of ironic because you know Devolver's like E3 nerds. Anybody that takes this serious is a bunch of loons. Uh, PC gaming shows like we take this very seriously. Here's all the games that we're gonna come out. Very serious names. Please take everything serious. And so we got hit with uh names like Evil Genius 2 World Domination, which is a uh PC game shocker. These are all PC games coming out in the closed beta 2019. PC gaming show? I wouldn't have I wouldn't have I wouldn't I know, have... right? Surprise. Yeah, I gotta make sure that not every time. Vampire semicolon the master aid dash bloodlines 2 coming out early 2020 starmancer the beta is coming out later for 2019 chivalry 2 which was a uh you know the first one was a popular knights medieval game coming out in 2020 mosaic mosaic coming out in 2019 midnight ghost hunt which looked like uh, it was interesting and uh the summer the alpha versions coming out it's really weird because alpha versions and beta versions of almost all of these games it's you know it's a pc game it's i mean it's a list of indie series games that are coming out for the pc so you know it was kind of like their time to shine it wasn't exactly the most notable performance because like the big ones hardly anybody know about anyways so it was like new games please try us We're, we'll give you beta versions soon we might see you in 2021 so is there anything you want to poke about on this one or um yeah you missed out two sure uh, shenmue 3 yep and terraria expansion terraria ex expansion i believe it's called journey's end uh, uh yes uh, it did get in announced but that is 1.3.6 which i've known about since the you know the beginning of time they're just putting a name on it so you're right i should uh, point it out that you know they're finally wrapping that up uh it, there's minor updates there's nothing too crazy maybe a couple of new bosses and all that stuff enough for me to you know go through my uh yearly journey through it yes but cool uh and and shimu 3 okay no. I, I just i just heard people get hyped about it so i figured it was important not playing any I've, of the games i've heard people get hyped about it for a very different reason but Fair. 
you know, saying that it's a terrible game. So we'll see. Which one do you want to do next, Nick? Uh, the one that I'm least excited about. <laughs> That's a dangerous answer. I don't know how to respond to that. Where Enix? Okay. I wasn't sure who the fuck. You got a PlayStation 4 now with via your friend. So, you know, things can happen. Yeah, but I don't give a fuck about any of these. Are you serious? I, I give zero shits about every single one of these. God, not even a little? Not even a little, Tyler. I've never played a Final Fantasy game. I totally forgot that I highly recommend you Kingdom Hearts 3. That kind of speaks a lot about it. Fuck. I'm not going to touch Kingdom Hearts. Oh! I, 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 I'm never touching King Tyler. That but what about Kingdom Hearts 1.5 plus 2.5 plus 2.8 final remix plus? I'm not touching the Kingdom Hearts series. That, that there's just too much. There's just too much of me watching people play it, get frustrated by how the game is, and then get frustrated by the story. I'm not touching Kingdom Hearts three or the Kingdom Hearts games. Not even the third one, just the latest one that came out. Nothing. I'll take every other recommendation you have. I'm not touching the Kingdom Hearts series. I guess I got one last question is, uh, do we even have to continue? I feel like that's the end of CMQ right now. You know, that's not true because I'm <laughs> because you only say that when I say I don't like Zelda or any of the games. The moment oh, I say that, my but, heart. but I really like, I really like Breath of the Wild and you're going to cling on to that. And you're going to have to make constitution saving throws. Oh God, I failed. Make death saving throws. One success. One success. Square Enix is, it's Square Enix is all yours. Fine. Square Enix uh, coming out next year, May 15th. Marvel Avengers is coming out for everything, including Google Stadia, but not the Switch notably. A lot of people have been complaining about it, saying that the art style feels bland. Uh, it does feel like they kind of went for something similar to what the, they look like in the movies. Some subtle differences, uh, like armor and all that stuff. Uh, Some subtle it looks- differences. It looks like the stunt doubles that they modeled. <laughs> I love how Nick says he has absolutely nothing to say about it, but he immediately jumps in the shit on the very no, first game. No, I said I don't care about any of these games. I never said I didn't have anything to say you about it. You cared them. enough to say shit about it. I, That's fair. You got me there. <laughs> Touche. No, I'm, I'm not okay. going to say anything else now for the next while you're done. With- Are you sure? Don't hurt yourself. Because watch what you say in this next one. They finally announced that Final Fantasy VII uh, Remake is going to be coming out next year on March 3rd. Which is the same uh, birthday as the Nintendo Switch and uh, Breath of the Wild, which is very, very interesting. Uh, so we got about uh, eight months, nine months before it comes out. It's going to be two episodes. Uh, it was going to be episodic, but they, uh, they, you know, thankfully it's only two episodes, so it's going to be very, very interesting. Uh, next coming out for Final Fantasy XIV, which is the current MMO. They got a new uh, expansion that's coming out this July second. Uh, the only thing I'm going to point out is uh, there's a couple of races coming out. Brandon, one of uh, you know honorary guest member of Casual Master Quest, is really excited because uh, a race that comes out is some name I can't say. I'm translating it as Bunny Girls. Uh, next coming out is Dragon Quest Builders 2, which is uh, a very well-known, uh, like the first one was very popular. People enjoyed it. Uh, mixed success in terms of finances, but enough for it you know, Square Enix to put out a second one. Uh, next on the list is Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles Mast- Remastered Edition, which I feel like that would be something that you would be interested in, Nick, but I could be mistaken. Uh, if 
feel like it isn't because you've uh, taken a vow of silence. Oh, he unmuted himself. Um, the only thing that's always confused me about the Final Fantasy series is that I've learned that the numbers don't mean shit. I mean, especially Square Enix, people think Square Enix is a big uh, company. They're not. They, you know, they only have so much money and they, you know, sell only so many copies. But the popularity of Square Enix is not matched by the financial success that. Oh they no, not about not about finance, as in like the series numbers for Final Fantasy. Yeah, I've learned it, that it doesn't mean shit. No, no, yeah, it doesn't. Which, which bothers me. Like, it just genuinely, that bothers me from an organizational point of view. Why would you give it a number when you could just give it a name for that game? And then that way, there's no correlation between the games. And so you don't have to set up any kind of expectation just from an observing point of view. You know what I mean? Like, uh, when I say Final Fantasy XI, what does that mean to you? It means that's the 11th entry in the series. That means it has a relation to the 10th entry in the series. Which is, com- I, I mean, Which is completely fucking ch- untrue. I gonna say, there's chocobos in both of them. But Final Fantasy X was you know, a popular RPG that came out for the PlayStation 2 and it involved a you know, single-player storyline, whereas Final Fantasy XI was their first attempt at an MMORPG for yeah, Final so, Fantasy that's completely different. Genre argue, and everything. You could argue that maybe the story elements, characters, okay, fine, but then they're not all the same game. It'd be like Destiny 1 being a first-person shooter to Destiny 2 being a MOBA, but then you're calling it a sequel. But it doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> So, in your argument, the numbering system, it doesn't make sense. So, but the problem is, though, when, like, for example, Legend of Zelda, if we're about to just go into a hell of a fucking tangent, the Legend yeah. of Zelda typically is all separate, except for storyline and all that, and they also use subtitles, as you think would yeah. be proper for Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy are completely separate worlds in almost every single game. So, as Nick in the chat is arguing, they separate the characters in the worlds. They're not sequels. So Which is why fine, not but say then Final Fantasy World Eleven, Final Fantasy World Twelve. Is, even that would make a dis- that would make a distinction because, like in any traditional media that you have, the moment that you put something in a sequence, the logical uh, conclusion that you make is that they have direct correlation to each other. Spy- you know, you've got Spider-Man One, Two, and Three. Obviously, the story is going to proceed forward, and it's a similar setting, similar world. But if you go Spider-Man One, The Amazing Spider-Man Two, and then Spider-Man Homecoming, and then you exp- and then you make them all this, and they're all different, but then you brand them. Do you, do you know what? Like, there's there's a logical sequence that should be like. I got two questions, if you don't mind me asking. Yeah. The first one is: Do you remember the game, the Kingdom Hearts game? I tried to re- uh, suggesting to you about seven minutes ago. Uh. Kingdom Hearts one point five plus two point five plus two point eight final yeah, remix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It doesn't make fucking sense, Nick. Well, none of the story, like, I've been through, I've tried reading, I've gone on the wikis, I've tried reading the story. We've had extensive conversations where you've been trying to tell me the story of the Kingdom Hearts world, and even you couldn't get through it properly, so... No, I mean, Kingdom Hearts is a parallel dimension of storytelling bullshit to Final Fantasy. It's true, but even if they don't make sense, they do have similar themes that make it tied together, and so... I don't fucking know, Nick. It's also a Japanese company that you know. Uh, uh, th- this is just this is just what I always thought from the outside. This is a weird so cultural difference. But then, no other Japanese company really does this. I mean, no other Japanese company, you know, has Final Fantasy three, which is really Final Fantasy six in a different country. It doesn't make fucking sense. It never did. Yeah, Nick. I, I, 
it just always seemed daunting from like never playing a Final Fantasy game, thinking of picking one up, and then uh, and I'm like, where well, where do I start? I can't start at Final Fantasy one. Oh, you sure in hell can? <laughs> I don't know where I you mean, go could, from that. But then what, you know, and then th- I'd be lost as to where I'd go next because I've seen some Final Fantasy. Go to Final Fantasy six. The turn-based game, and then because who cares about the first one? It's just I, I'm. That's why I don't want to talk because it's just kind of like, you know. Yeah. Do I know? I don't fucking know. Anyways, uh, <laughs> Kingdom Hearts 3's DLC uh, was announced. Uh, it's called RE semicolon Mine. So Remind again, more of Square Enix uh, bullshittery that uh, Nick can't wrap his head around because you know he he does not drink the the Kool Aid that Square Enix provides. Uh, I actually have no interest about this game, uh, this DLC either. So yeah, take that for what you will. Oninaki is coming out, which I have no idea. The Last Remnant Remaster is coming out. I have no idea. War Visions, aka Final Fantasy Brave XVS, uh, which is a Final Fantasy mobile game, which I tried downloading and playing, but there was so much data required for it. I said, fuck it. Uh, that's coming out. Outriders, I have no idea. And at this point, I kind of gave up because once it said Romancing Saga 3, and saga scarlet grace semicolon ambitions it's like okay square enix had a strong start for like the first eight minutes of their thing and then it just kind of derailed into what the fuck are they even announcing at that point nick it's okay i am leaving the tunnel the the, the cave has monsters in it we will leave it alone um Why don't you I, take- I think i think square enix did a better job than last year especially because they announced a few things that didn't really do well specifically uh, the only one that comes to mind is a quiet man it was a really quiet launch and a very quiet failure. Yeah, I was going to say, it, it failed miserably, but I think it's probably very telling of, uh, you know, uh, Sony that, you know, they, they tried putting support into it. Once they realized what they had, they they did not say another word about it. Right. Anyways, Nick, the last yeah. section. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just looking, I'm just looking over what Nintendo announced and there's some amazing things uh, switcher 3 wild hunt they're they're bringing witcher 3 <laughs> to um the the switch yes and they are this is amazing because that's a massive game tyler that's 80 gigabytes that they're putting on a tiny cartridge and that you can play anywhere you want oh yeah i'm gonna guess that some of it's compressed if you're you know take a wild guess i, I know well also um you we're only going to be able to get 540p in handheld mode and 720p while it's docked um so you're taking a hit for graphics quality but i don't think that's the takeaway here it is a little disappointing but the takeaway here is that they were able to fit such a massive fucking open world game on a tiny little cartridge and you can play it wherever you want that's absolutely true do you feel like uh, that's a uh, grand achievement on Project Reds or Nintendo at that point? Both, because Nintendo's now over the last few months proven themselves to be open to working with just about everybody, given their partnership with Xbox over the recent uh, few months. And so the fact that they're doing this means that they're trying to push their platform uh, for the future to see what kind of other partnerships that they could, they could develop. And it was probably also a showcase on Nintendo's part to like, all right, cool, we can do this. Why don't you give me your money now and give me your games? <laughs> I, the I thought the answer for this originally was the the streaming idea because they did put I believe Resident Evil Seven on the Nintendo Switch mm-hmm. in Japan, where uh, and you, you'd have like a hundred megabyte uh, you know wraparound file on the Switch, but it would be a hundred percent streaming the game. 
it never left japan so you know it wasn't exactly a wild uh success or anything like that you would have thought that they would do something similar like this even if it is a technically an offline single player game but if they're able to do it and they're able to pull it off yeah it's gonna be a big ass game on that switch i have a feeling that you probably need a very large sd card for this uh, well we'll find out when it, yeah when we're gonna fucking out. find out yeah uh, uh, they announced two characters for Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Uh, the first one, which was, uh, you know, not the biggest thing, but, you know, shout out back to Square Enix with the announcement of Dragon Quest Builders 2. Uh, Nintendo's like, oh, by the way, Dragon Quest, uh, you know, the hero, their main character is coming out as DLC this summer. And people are like, Ooh. you know, it's like, oh, cool. Yeah. And uh, later on in the director, we're going to go out of order with this director thing because, you know, the way they handled this, uh, they announced again more dlc for uh super smash brothers uh ultimate and they did a similar style with the announcement of uh king k rule uh where you know donkey kong and diddy were just kind of you know thumbing their asses in the cabin with k rule sleeping on the floor for some reason just because you know they actually don't hate each other they're just actors in a movie uh And all of a sudden, you know, they're all sticking their head into the window because they hear a noise and they see the shadow, what looks like a popular rare character finally coming back home. And then it's the fucking dog from Duck Hunter holding a duck and, you know, saying, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> and, you know, these previous rare characters, you know, that, uh, you know, they're a Nintendo property now. They, you know, they look so sad and disappointed with themselves. And then fucking Banjo-Kazooie comes on, knocks the son of a bitch out of the way. And it, it was just such a weird thing how well Nintendo was able to design this because Banjo-Kazooie being a rare property, you know, back in the day, they're, I believe they're now owned you know, by Microsoft, whereas Donkey Kong was a rare property, but it became Nintendo property later on. Uh, just to see them finally come back and united on a platform for the first time in almost 20 years uh it's the showing you know donkey kong just you know wow yeah and even right. fucking cave rule was just losing his shit it, it, it had a good feeling people really loved the idea of banjo kazooie coming back in this form for the uh super smash brothers even the uh oh man every time i want to talk about him i always forget his fucking name uh the guy that is in charge of the music for banjo kazooie conquers bad fur day all those people uh actually i remember it. it's grant kirkhope he was super stoked seeing this kind of stuff everybody that was previously in rare the developers for the original game they just got so like they started posting on twitter about how they're crying they're so fucking happy and thrilled that you know people love the idea of their creations from way back in the day finally getting to play together again. yeah especially because we've been seeing um a huge wave of nostalgia over the last two years i think and that driving some of these projects like the playstation classic uh, which is a meme at this point um and all the other remastered consoles the crash remaster the spire remaster and so this kind of makes sense especially for a game like this rather than give it a full game uh bringing these characters into super smash brothers it's kind of like a welcome home party essentially yeah uh it does suggest a lot Although right now that's currently being disproven because one of the things that did get shown, you know, uh, Joker from Persona 5 got announced as DLC for uh, Super Smash Brothers. But they would have thought that since there hasn't been a Persona game on Nintendo console in a very, very long time, they're thinking, oh, Persona 5 must be coming for the Switch. No announcement for that. You know, haven't, you know, Persona 5 Royal Mode has, uh, or Royal Edition has not been announced. So. What does that mean for Banjo-Kazooie? We don't know at the moment. Uh, other things that got announced that are coming out that we know about is like, uh, for example, Fire Emblem Three Houses 
Uh, it's the next Fire Emblem game in the uh, series. It's coming out on July 26th, which will be interesting to see a Fire Emblem game come out for a console. I think the last time that has happened was uh, for the Wii, Radiant Dawn. It's been a while. Uh, Resident Evil 5 and Resident Evil 6, for some reason, are coming over to Switch this fall. I could give two shits about that. I'm sorry. I'm just saying that for the record. Resident Evil 5, I enjoyed playing with a friend, but it was a terrible game. Resident Evil 6, I wouldn't even touch. Uh, no More Heroes 3 is being announced, uh, coming out for 2020, also for the Switch. Let's assume, for the sake of reference, these are all coming out for the Nintendo Switch. Not a fucking game is coming out for the 3DS. <laughs> Even if it is, I'm denying it. Astro Chain, a game I'm not familiar with, is coming out on August 30th. Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, The Black Order, which, you know, it's well, Marvel Alliance. It's coming out. Uh, oh, there's no announcement date for it. Uh, um, this one kind of... What's up? Sorry, um, Astral Chain's is an action video game developed by platinum oh yeah oh well shit okay cool no that that, that gives it a lot of worth actually we don't know too much about it but it is being developed by platinum well well shit good deal uh this one kind of threw me off because i didn't think this was still a thing but i guess it is mario and sonic at the olympic games so uh hopefully i'll get to play as dr Roma uh, robotnik uh doing the hammer toss is this like um is this like a crossover like yeah, uh, they they're not previous where basically a bunch of uh mario characters and a bunch of sonic characters will team up and you'll do like actual olympic activities like uh toboggan and and, okay. and all that stuff so, so like mario party but olympics but sonic and mario yes absolutely okay. why i don't know this is kind of like uh nintendo's and sega's like weird love child where it's like we kind of hated each other back in the <laughs> 90s but now we're friends we still kind of hate it. each other but here's proof that we like each other we're like two different countries that want to have competition but in a healthy way sure that's okay yeah uh and uh lastly for the uh, the not so big but still important game uh list is uh the dark crystal age of resistant tactics it looks like uh it's gonna be an interactive game that's gonna come out on the switch and it's also gonna come out on netflix which is kind of interesting uh, Nick, have you heard about these kind of uh, TV show slash games uh, where you uh, basically make choices in the Netflix movie mm -hmm. and it mm -hmm. influenced the outcome? It was interesting. I, I got to do that once with uh, Bear Grylls, and I was hoping he died by my poor choice, but he survived. <laughs> so I kind of lost interest immediately. So we got that coming out. Uh, these last four are fairly large. The one I'd like to tackle first is The Legend of Zelda Link Awakening, which we already knew about. Yes, and uh, I'm excited for when that comes out. It looks like a little fun. Like I, I like the, the remastered graphic. Yeah, uh, it, it's simplified, but, you know. It just looks fun, like a little silly, but, yeah, no, I'm excited. I mean, people are, I think, overhyping it, unfortunately, but it was a good game, and it will be a good game to enjoy and play. I, Again, I nostalgia. It, yeah, it's purely nostalgia. Uh, whew. which one do you want to go first? I'll let you decide here because we got three big uh, names on the table right now. Um, we go in the order they're in. Yes, sir. All right, take it away. Well, no, you need to start with this one because I don't know. I I wouldn't be able to talk about this. Oh, okay. Shit. Fair. Fine. So they announced Luigi's Mansion Three officially, which is going to be interesting because uh, it's coming out for the Switch and uh, this year. We don't know specifically when this year, but it's coming out this year. 
Uh, obviously, I'm a big fan of the original Luigi's Mansion. Not as much of Luigi's Mansion's 2, uh, Dark Moon, which came out for the 3DS. I uh, just didn't quite have the same vibe, but I did enjoy the comedy that came with it and all that. And uh, it looks like this time around, much like the uh, Luigi, the uh, the Luigi's Mansion that came out for the 3DS, you will be able to play a uh, co-op version called, where you get to play as a character, if you're second player, called uh, Gooigi, which looks like a slime time version of Luigi. Yeah. Okay, interesting. So... They wanted to make sure you could play together, but, you know, God forbid they put Mario because he probably got kidnapped the third time. Mario is missing, most likely, but it looks good. I enjoy it. I think it's going to be a fun game. Nick, have you ever played any of this game's series before? No. This feels like it would be technically right up your alley. Uh, kind of like one of those, if you like Stardew Valley, maybe you'd like this game. And go ahead. Well, I mean, considering it's going to come on the Switch, I mean, I might as well try it out. Um, I think that I think people are just a little bit more upset here at the fact that it's getting delayed. Um, needless to say, we are talking about Animal Crossing. Uh, it's finally coming for the Switch. It's been announced. Um, I mean, I, I made this joke a few last time. time. I made it, I made this joke a few episodes ago that because they announced it but they hadn't really given us any more information that it hadn't actually been announced and we know nothing about it and we technically did not know anything about it but now we do it is being it has been delayed till March I believe they gave roughly next year sounds um, right yeah and they said they delayed it much like uh what was the what was the game Metroid Prime the new Metroid Prime um, yes, they Metroid delayed Prime it, 4 they delayed it to make sure that they would be able to deliver a good game and uh, yeah as with as with the internet a good chunk of people lost their fucking mind um, in a good way or a bad way in a bad way uh, like i want the fucking like why would you why are you delaying it i can't believe it's being delayed we want the game now and i'm like well consider consider first of all consider a company amidst a time where companies are getting slammed for putting their employees through quote-unquote crunch right and considering nintendo at least with their with their main titles they as far as I know, and as far as I've observed, they they want to put out the they want to do as good as they can. I th this makes sense. It's not like they've promised a date and they're taking uh, going back on the date they promised and they're delaying it uh, with no reason. It's a, they have a legitimate reason they're delaying. They never gave us a solid release date, so now they've given us a fixed release date with the delay and when to expect. And they want it to be a good game. So yeah, no, it'll be good. Uh, I'm excited to see when it comes out. I used to love the shit out of Animal Crossing when it came out for the GameCube. I did not gather the same amount of interest like I did when it came out on uh, the DS and the 3DS and all that stuff. I did not play it when it came out uh, for the Wii and I realized fairly quickly that I actually have no interest in this game whatsoever. Okay. That's fair. Which, But I'm excited for the people who are excited for this. Same. Any, any game that I've said anything bad about or I don't care about, if people are excited, I'm happy for them. I mean, at the same time, if somebody complains about this, I'm just going to tell them to get the fuck over it because it doesn't affect me. So, yeah, but at the same time, people could say that exactly about the next and last game on our list here. Holy fucking shit. Tyler, I think it's only fitting that um, you, you talk about this. I think we should do it together. Let's hold hands. I can't. I love how we both instinctively put our hands to the fucking camera. <laughs> Alternate words. Breath. Of. The. Wild. Two? Yes. 
Okay. <laughs> um, this is the first time, as far as I understand, that there's been a sequel, a direct sequel to a, a Legend of Zelda game. Uh, yes and no. There's been a couple of exceptions, uh, obviously chronological and all that shit. Uh, I mean, there is the second game in the entire Zelda series called Zelda 2 Link's Adventure. Uh, there's also uh, Phantom Hourglass, which is the uh, Nintendo DS direct adventure to what happens to Zelda and Link after the Wind Waker. So, I mean, those are where you play as the exact same characters and whatnot. So I feel like, uh, you know, uh, it seems like that wouldn't be a really fair uh, thing to say. Uh, Nick okay. in the chat saying Spirit Tracks from Wind Waker, but... Uh, I don't think that's the same exact link because uh, the character that uh, introduces the story to you is one of the pirates from Wind Waker plus like 60 years and you're playing as like a 12 year old again. So I just don't think those, you know, I think it's like the granddaughter of the whatnot. Uh, he's also pointing out Ocarina Majora. You are the same link leaving from Ocarina time. So, you know, take that for what you will. It's the first time in a fucking while that we got in a sequel Zelda game. That's for sure, though. Well, I'm I'm excited because I really enjoyed Breath of the Wild. Yeah, let me put this gun away. I was I wasn't sure. <laughs> I was a little bit nervous. You know, um, once if he said, eh, I could care less, but look, a nine millimeter can be very persuasive. I'm a very persuasive person, I'd like to think. I would also never threaten my co-host for anybody who wishes to make a complaint, including the co-host himself. Also, fuck you. I love you. I so, really like Breath, Breath of the Wild. The Wild. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, it is. It has been one of my favorite games of this and last year. Um, just playing through it. Um, it's okay. I'm excited for the tone that it's going to take for the art style that they're going in. Mm. Um, I'm excited for short-haired Zelda. <laughs> as most as as are most other people um i'm excited for i'm just excited for the game and we know they're going to be using the same engine but we know they're going to be using a lot of the same assets it's going to be the same hyrule from breath of the wild so it makes sense that they'd be able to put this game out either next year or i doubt that it's even going to come out 2021 i think it's going to come out next year uh and i don't know what they're going to do with it in terms of exploring exploration aspects that we had in breath of the wild i don't know if progress is going to carry over but it's going to be interesting to see what they do with it i honestly don't think they're going to do anything like progress carry over uh also my friend and apparently a lot of people are super convinced that uh you want to be able to play as zelda the main argument by brandon being short hair means they're easier to animate it's like well that could just mean that she's more you know <laughs> in cutscenes and stuff too so make her a playable character. Much as I that, love the idea. That, but also, I would argue, Blink's hair is longer from the trailer. Zelda's hair is shorter. And at the end of Breath of the Wild, uh, we see a Zelda with renewed confidence and a little bit more of a renewed purpose. Uh, she's 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 now ready to, to help bring Hyrule back to its former glory. So it might just be a case of hashtag new hair, new me. Hmm. I, I'm okay with that. I mean... I do, like I said, I'm, and a lot of people have said this before, we love the idea where you could have Zelda as a ca playable character. Maybe even a main playable character. That, uh, unfortunately, almost every single game, Zelda's been forced to either the damsel in distress or a supporting role. And it's very unfortunate. I think Nintendo has enough intelligence that it's 2019, 
you know, this game's going to come out in 2030, but whatever. That, uh, you know, it's a new age. Let's try to give, uh, you know, women a little bit more confidence in, you know, their heroes. I don't think, I don't think that's ever been the issue. I think it just might have been the story and the dynamic between Link and Zelda. Um, Right. And and that was made more apparent with this one where she is, uh, she is the power force to sealing the darkness and Link has been designated as her protector, or at least a wielder of the Master Sword, as is the protector for the power that seals the darkness. Right. I just think it'd be fun to play as her. Oh, yeah, no, I, I think that'd be cool, too, especially if you could, like, Link either online or couch co-op, and you can play both of them uh, together. That'd be dope. What you can do in Cadence of Hyrule, so I'm hoping to give that a shot with a certain wife of mine, which I only have one. I would hope so. For she her flat out ignored yours. me, so, yeah, okay. <laughs> That was E3. Holy shit. There's a lot of talk about there, but uh, I I know, right? We got to wrap this up. <laughs> otherwise, my heart's going to fucking break here. I got people waiting to train me in the way of, uh, you know, I got to fucking work. eat, man. I got to fucking eat, too. I am starving. Like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I got to role play as a cop. I got to eat food, too. Oh, my gosh. It's packed with real life and fantasy. Put oh, in a landslide. There's no escape from reality. So, game releases. I got three games that came out or that are coming out this week. First one is Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, which is part of uh, the people that worked on the Castlevania series that made their own Kickstarter. This is the next steps coming out for the PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC on June 18th. And then a week later for the Nintendo Switch on June 25th, which is kind of exciting. Uh, they uh, they released a kind of like a Kickstarter bonus game, which was like an 8-bit version of a Castlevania-style game. It was pretty good. So I'm pretty sure this is like the main product that's going to be the results of, you know, the the final product of the Kickstarter. So this is very nice to look forward to. However, because I put this up like 10 font sizes larger than everything else, coming out for June 21st, Crash Team Racing Nitro Fuel is coming out for the PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. I still need to figure out if I'm getting it from the Nintendo Switch or the PlayStation 4 because I I talk with one person and then I immediately flip-flop. So I got to be careful. Or I'm going to say fuck it. I'll just buy it for both PlayStation 4 and Nintendo Switch because it doesn't matter because I'll kick your ass on either one. If it makes you feel better, don't you worry. Yeah, right. If you're first, you're last night. I mean, if you're not first. It's like I'm right, well, cool. Fir- then I'm gonna fin- fucking win. Then I'm gonna come in in second. I'm gonna say it's like uh, I, I get first, and then my character just jumps out of the cart and has an existentialism crisis. I came first, therefore I'm the last person she wants to be with. Uh, anyways, uh, lastly, coming out uh, also on the same day, June 21st, is Judgment coming out for the PlayStation 4. All right, Nick says uh, here he bought it for the PlayStation 4. Didn't you say that your friend Eugene pre-ordered it for the PlayStation 4? Um. Yeah, he's gonna get it for the PlayStation Four. I think I'm gonna get it for the Switch, so I'll be able to play on both. Okay, then let's uh, let's you know, let's just uh, wrap it up and say it. we're good. PlayStation Four. And Nick in the chat is saying Breath of the Wild is overrated. Horizon Zero Dawn is better. I am legally not allowed to respond to that. I can't. I cannot. Uh, this day in gaming, we have three games uh, games that came out. Uh, the first one came out in 2016 for Steam. You might not recognize this, but it's Higurashi When They Cry, Chapter 3, Tatari Garoshi, which is a visual novel game that I had a big fan. I was a big fan of the, the anime adaption. Just figured to give it a shout. Uh, this one is probably the biggest one, which is Sonic Adventure DX, the director's cut. came out for the GameCube in 2003. Happy birthday to, you know, Sonic Adventure DX. You are now 16 years old. 
Last but not least, Dance Dance Revolution Disney Remix came out for the PlayStation 1 in 2001. Hip hip hooray and all that stuff. Oh, man. Nick. Yeah. We got a response from our news correspondent. Yes, we did. I think we should probably paraphrase what she's trying to say here. Uh, we got a, 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 a our third in the making letter from Mrs. Avienda Ehrman. It's ironic. I want to point this out. She was Miss Avienda Ehrman last time we talked. She got married since we last spoke to her. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, congratulations on the, the marriage here. So long story short, uh, she, uh, Miss Aviano here, our scam letter, I mean, uh, <laughs> news correspondent, she's dying of some kind of uh, nasty medical condition and she needs our full name, address, private phone number, age, and then begins to quote what I presume is about a quarter of the Bible, the New Testament. And uh, she's dying, Nick. She, she she's just dying. throws these right at us. She She's not afraid of letting us know that. No, she, she is an open heart. So I think yeah. we should we should respond with open arms and we're going to do a quick Mad Libs. Are you ready for this, Nick? Yep. All right. Give me random stuff. Uh, once you're ready, tell me or say hit me or something. I don't know. Let's let's do this. Um, what do you, what, I'm sorry. What do you need from me? I just wanted to say a confirmation that you're ready to do this shit. I'm ready. All right. Adjective. Beautiful. Oh, wow. He's thinking of her. I'm going to have to leave you alone. Let's see. All right. Give me another adjective. Slutty. Okay. Give me another adjective. Kind. <laughs> Interesting. A verb. Digging. You say digging? Sorry. Dig. Dig? It's... The fuck's a verb? No. Digging is a verb. Digging's a verb. Yeah. Okay. Digging. Yeah. Uh, adverb. Give me an adjective. I'll convert it into an Quickly. adverb for you. Okay. <laughs> Sure. Adjective. Again. Sad. Nick. I'm going to say Nick in the chat saying gaping. Gaping. Okay. Yep. Uh, even though we just went, for, we I think we switched it around. I'm pretty sure quickly is an adjective and gaping is a adverb. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm keeping it like that. We're fucking okay. English illiterate. Time of day. Um, uh, 9.47 a.m. 9.47 a.m. Plural noun. The fuck is a plural? Uh, cat is a noun. Cats is a plural noun. Oh, books. Books. Okay. Adverb. Just give me anything. Work with me here. Stealth. Stealth. Look. Stealthily. Okay. I'm going to say, let's be real here. I've seen this lady's uh, English. She, she's not going to know the difference. Give me a number. 11. 11? Verb. Fuck. <laughs> you just said fuck. fuck? Fucking. Fucking. Okay. Adjective. Technically, fucking is an adjective. Um, wait. If Nick in the chat beats you, I'm typing whatever he says, so you better get something good. Creepy. Creepy? Okay. Animal. Platypus. Platypus. Okay. Uh, another adjective. Divine. Oh, boy. Plural noun? Sticks. Okay. I'm going to say stick dogs because Nick put in uh, a noun. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Verb ending in ing. Running. So running okay adjective edgy edgy oh boy a verb ending with ing there's two of these so i need two of them fisting wow we're really okay smiling smiling okay adverb i'm gonna take uh nick and just randomly put an adjective in he says massive plural noun tamales <laughs> Tama as in the the mexican food item yes 
Okay. Uh, verb that ends with ing. There's only okay. three more. Don't you worry. Fucking again? Cooking. Cooking. Okay. I was going to say, wow. Really creative, aren't you? Adjective. Smart. Smart. Ooh. All right. And the last one, I'm going to do a combination between you and Nick and chat. Place. A location. Prague. The fuck is that? Uh. Oh, as in the, the place, the capital? Yeah. Of the Czech Republic. Oh, okay. And uh, location in Prague, Nick and chat, if you can respond in the next few seconds. Otherwise, I'm going to take ombres. Grand Rapids, Michigan. The we'll go, we'll go with Michigan. Let's see. The pr Prague, also known as Grand Rapids, Michigan. Sure. All right. Watch it. Just this thing just crashes. That'd be kind of heartbreaking. If we just did that. Let's see. It says here we go. Okay. I click okay. I don't know if this thing's actually doing anything. It says, here we go, dot, dot, dot. Anyways, uh, while we uh, figured this out, see if it was actually worth our time or not. Uh, where can we find you, Nick? You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and on Twitch at LRWarrior11. I don't stream okay. as often because of school, but that's that's me. I got the letter. Oh, yeah? I got it. You ready? Yeah. All right. <sighs> So, dear, beautiful Aviando, I'm having a slutty time at camp. The other kids are all so kind, and you're right. They love it when I'm digging quickly. Every gaping morning, we wake up at 9.47 a.m. It's not too bad. Before we can go to breakfast, we have to make our books stealthily. Then it's only a 11-mile fucking to the creepy dinner hall. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, my favorite meal is platypus because it's so divine. After breakfast, we help clear away the stick dogs. Then we go outside to begin our activities with running. We do different edgy activities throughout the day, such as fisting, smiling massively, and making tamales. By the end of the day, I'm cooking but smart. Thanks for sending me to Camp the, pr the Prague, also known as Grand Rapids, Michigan. Okay, cool. I will send this to our correspondent. We do uh, many edgy things in our camp, like fisting. Like fisting. Oh my, Tyler, I need you to copy paste that and save it somewhere. Oh, do you really want this? Yes. Okay, copy. First, I'm going to paste in the chat. Oh, it's uh, 670 characters over the fucking legal limit. Okay, so I'm not going to put it in the chat. I will make sure that we get this somewhere. I will put this in Discord. I will put this anywhere I can. Anyways, uh, yeah, that was Nick. That was Tyler. I'm sorry. That was been a slow. I want to fuck around. It's almost a three-hour episode. You can find us in Casual Master Quest on Twitter at MasterQuestPod. You can also email us, much like Aviando over here, at CasualMasterQuest at gmail.com. We currently have one marketplace setting for an elite Xbox controller by Mr. Nick Truex. You can also find us on Facebook and... Uh, What's the other one called? Instagram. Yeah, that picture thing that old men like me yeah, don't yeah, understand. Yeah. Uh, you can just search, you know, for Chasm Master Qu Master Quest. Is there any last words you want to talk about? E3. Yeah, um, uh, not happen. about E3. Um, this is about St. Jude's and Guardian Con. Uh, this episode comes out on 17th of June. By this time, the uh, the charity marathon uh, would have already started. It starts from 16th of June at 12 a.m. Eastern, uh, 12 p.m. Eastern, all the way till the 23rd of June. Um, if you go to guardiancon.ca, you'll be, be able to find the charity schedule and you can go out and look for your favorite creators. Uh, this this year, we have a lot of people. Um, we have people such as Voice Over Pete is going to be doing a block. Uh, Dr. Lupo, a big Fortnite gamer. 
Uh, we've got Achievement Hunter. What's Good Games is going to be there. Got some Destiny Community podcasts. A lot of people from the Destiny Community. Dauntless is going to be doing a stream as well. Um, yeah, so... I'm, I'm glad that we got a good doctor in the stream. Because <laughs> we got Dr. Disrespect uh, fucking banned from Twitch after trying to stream while in the bathroom. I, I have no comment about that. Dumbass. Anyways, <laughs> uh... That was Nick. This was Tyler. That was Casual Master Quest episode 54. And we will see you next week. Hopefully with a little bit more shorter, compact, and a little bit more entertaining, I'd like to think. We like go for a marathon whenever we do E3 in one go. We also kind of said fuck EA because we did last week. We need to do this fuck in parts or something. Yeah. yeah, fuck EA. Bethesda, you still shit the bed. I'm sorry. But your Rule 63 Kojima was an interesting character. Thank you. All right. I think that's it, Nick. Let's peace sign out. So let's never forget. Ah, shit. Don't forget. Never stop. <laughs> right. Eat shit. I love you. I'll see you next week. Bye. Bye-bye. The intro to the podcast, titled Casual Master Quest, was paid for and produced by the wonderful talent Revelry's Music. You can find more of their work at soundcloud.com forward slash Revelry's Music, or just click on the link in the show descriptions. The background music is the album Top 50 Best Classical Piano Music by Brilliant Classics. You can find out more about Creative Commons at www.creativecommons.org forward slash license forward slash buy forward slash 4.0.